When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Everybody's, uh, you know, you, you always take a pulse for the team a little bit and very proud of they. They've worked very hard to get this opportunity, and that's what we look at it as. And, you know, there's games after this. There were games before that we turned the page on, and, you know, you live in a, a world that, you know, it's a what have you done to me late world. They understand that, and you take that on when, when you have these opportunities. So, you know, it's pressure is what you make of it. It's a privilege. A lot of people would love to be in our shoes. So, regardless, our guys have had a great season. They're going to get a chance to roll the dice in October. We'll see from what uh, angle it'll be. But uh, the weather looks good here. You know, I grew up around hurricanes, and I kept telling people five or six days ago, guys, it's going to change four or five times. Don't get <laughs> too bogged down in it and, and and it has and at the end of the day we'll all play 162 and and see where we are when the smoke clears Walter, the manager of the New York Mets. Oh, it's a huge story, folks. I know we're bogged down in hurricane talk and crime in the city. That uh, horrible video of that um, EMS worker stamped to death outside of Bodega. Another one for you, Kathy Hochul. Another one for you. But um, on a lighter note, the Mets, folks, they played 156 baseball games this year. 156, and yet they are still tied with the Atlanta Braves atop the NL East. And starting tonight, start a huge three-game set in Atlanta against those aforementioned Atlanta Braves. And in all likelihood, although both teams have three more games after, in all likelihood, after 156 baseball games, These three, tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday in Atlanta, may very well determine the champ of the NL East. Now, the Mets, they've been there most of the season atop. And at one point, built like an 11-game lead, 10.5. But um, 
It has whittled away. It is gone now. Now, Mets and Braves for three in Atlanta starting tonight. That book show Walter audio courtesy of Evan and Roberts, or uh, Craig and Evan Roberts, I don't know, whatever it's called on FAN. Craig Carton, Evan Roberts, there you go. And um, Buck sounded competent. Now, he's in Atlanta, and the weather there, he said, was very nice. The storm, Ian, has left Florida and is now on its way to South Carolina. So it's north of uh, Atlanta, Georgia, north and east, I believe. But at any rate, the Mets and Braves start tonight. And Lou Rafino, as a diehard New York Met fan, I think. I don't even know if that's true. No, big. This is a huge weekend. You're not going to watch one second of baseball, are you? I'm going to watch it continuously. Yeah. Are you kidding? And then it's going to rain yeah. here this weekend. Bernie so. used to lie all the time about that. I kind of miss that, actually. But he couldn't be like, oh, I'm back into sports. I watched the whole Met game on Sunday. It's like, Bernie, stop. Well, I'm lying, and it's going to happen. Right. So I, it is. I am going to lie. I'm actually, I'm going to get as much snacks as I can. If we stop. Get home. Will you stop it? MJ wants to go out this weekend. She told me on the ferry already. Well, it's not. That's not going to happen. Well, so what do you, you don't. Rolled. You don't make the. You don't. Yes, you, I do. You, no, you don't. Yeah, I do. You went to some place called Catania, New York, a couple of weeks ago or something. <laughs> you didn't even want to go. You're such a citizen of New York State. You <laughs> yeah, know, you really are. Well, you go to these horribly like, Gaiusha for dumped the Gaiusha places. I don't know what it's called. What is it called? Catatonia. Cata- yeah, Catatonic, New York. Yeah. Right. It's when you don't want to go. You get over the border. They start giving you uh, fentanyl and drugs, and you're. Oh, it sounds better. Yeah, it's great. You didn't want to go, but MJ said you're going, bitch. And you were there, so. (laughs) I actually can document that that's never happened. Which part? The the whole statement that you just made. (laughs) But since just don't project your life onto mine, okay? Yeah, I guess I just did, didn't I? Yeah, I do whatever Danielle says. I don't. uh... There was a time, you know, when I when I used to say, well, well, I don't know. Well, she's back, so. She was home last night. It was great. God, I missed her. Did you have to clean up all the magazines and all the... Uh... I don't look at magazines. Okay. Do they still make magazines? Yeah, they... Yeah, no, but maybe well, what kind of... Stand. Wait a second. There is porn all over your phone, free, by the way. What kind of loser would look at a magazine? That's a good point. So you have your computer and your phone. That's yeah, that is, I've got a lot of that, yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's a... But I don't, I don't watch it, though, because uh, Jesus doesn't like that type of stuff, so... Yeah. And it's uh, getting on to uh, October, so we can't do that in right. October. My God, today is the last day of September. That's unbelievable. October 1st, tomorrow. Where did the year go? Now it makes sense that there are Halloween decorations. Some um, some young girl, or the name here, Jess something or other. Jess, uh, Jewish name, and now I forgot it. But her mother did this really cool uh, uh, decoration outside of her house. And... Uh, Hey, Sid, I just wanted to share with you my mom's Halloween decorations. She put all these together by herself. She calls it the Swamp Horror Show. It explains perfectly what is happening to America today. And it's, um, well, it's like all these figures, you know. But instead of like Michael Myers and, uh, you know, Jason from Friday the 13th or Freddy from Nightmare on Elm Street, she's got um, all these sayings. What the uh, the Democrats like to say, it's really creative and very well done. Let me give this girl's name, but uh, maybe I shouldn't give her name. What should I do here, uh, Lewis? Yeah, I'll give the name. Why not? Jess. Jess. Jessica Kay. Her mother got very creative for Halloween. Because yesterday you and I were talking about all these people that spend a fortune 
whether it's Christmas, usually Christmas and Halloween, that's it. There's no other holiday I can think of where you have like a lot of decorations. Like Thanksgiving, you put a turkey up or a... You know, I've, uh, I've seen I've seen inflatable pilgrims up on people's. Yeah, that's that's, that's too much. Yeah. Those people oh, should yeah. Yeah, they, they should go to jail. Those yeah, people that's, right. yeah. eliminate right away. That's stupid. But uh, Christmas and Halloween, people get really carried away, really carried away. So, but it's it's it's, it's, it's nice. You know, you get into the holiday spirit. Yeah, holidays yeah. are nice. This one is ridiculous. Halloween, oh, you don't like it? Yeah, I think it's ridiculous. Uh, it's just, right. I think if you really ask people. Truthfully, how they oh. felt like it, it's no. I think you're wrong. No, like, I, I know you're wrong. In fact, because like millions and millions of adults go to parties, dress up like idiots. Okay, if we took the alcohol away from those parties, wow. they wouldn't even show their. Fa- yeah, like, but what does that it. mean? If you took alcohol away from baseball games, as much as people love no, the Mets, nobody would that's go. Not totally not true. Oh, 100 percent true. No, it is not true. Alcohol r- r- so r- runs be, everything. Okay, so there'd be nobody attending baseball games. Very few took, people. Oh, really? very few okay. people. I mean, I, I know I went to three Met games this year, and everybody I sat next to was drunk. Every one of them. Every one of them. Of course, because there's alcohol Yes, but if you took it, if you took it away. No, it would be completely different. Okay, so yeah. Aaron Judge this weekend's going for 62. Yeah. And there'd be no Yankee fans showing up. Of course not. Wait a second. You're not going to serve beer? Wait a second. They've got to be drunk for the other eight hitters that they don't care about. You gotta be, you're going to sit there sober and watch Anthony Rizzo? Well, sneak or in your DJ own beer. Or DJ LeMayhew? Sneak in your own beer. It's, you, it's not the reason. That's not the, it can't it's, be it's, the reason. Oh, no, no, listen. I, I go to football games. I go to more sporting events than in this building, quite frankly. And I never see sober people. Even kids are drinking beer by the fourth inning. So I don't know. I mean, to me, it's all part of the, the ritual. It's all then, part of the experience. Okay, then, why, then why doesn't everybody leave when yeah. they stop serving alcohol? Why don't they just? Why doesn't they? Just, why don't they just all vacate the game? They're already hammered at that point. No, they're you still know, looking. At, and I've heard them in the stands go, "Let's go. We got to get two or three because they're going to." They stop do serving. do that. That's right. I know that. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I remember the the Jets played the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football. It's a true story. And Mark Gastineau was a big star for the Jets. He was dating this actress named Brigitte Nielsen. You may remember her. She was with Stallone also. Genetically superior Brigitte. Right. She was exactly. Rocky Four. She was the Russian, horrible Russian accent, by the way. And uh, she was in <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop, a whole bunch of stuff. I'll be, I'll be right back. So yeah. Okay, I'll work on it. <laughs> so bad. So she's sitting in the stands, and the Jets are getting killed. Jim Kelly and the Bills are killing the Jets. And some Jet fans, because the Jet fans are like Eagle fans, low lives, you know. Sorry, Joe Nolan, but low lives. So some Jet fan decides... He's going to relieve himself in the stadium on Brigitte. And he whips out the old one-eyed elephant. Good move. And he urinates on Brigitte. Swear to God. So Gassino goes nuts. And uh, they, then they started fires in the stadium. They went nuts, Jet fans, you know. And they decided after that Monday night game between the Jets and the Bills to stop serving alcohol after the third quarter. So Giant fans like me were much more classy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Throwing snowballs. Those were Jet fans who had those seats. Thank oh, you. Right. That was a giant Charger game, but we gave them to Jet fans. Giants were out of it. So, <laughs> I need a scorecard. That's right. Giant right. fans like me, now we can't drink beer in the fourth quarter because Jet fans are a bunch of lowlifes. So they don't care about the game. Where was They that? just go there to get drunk. Where was Fireman Ed during this? He, he could have. Uh, you know, he, he was out for a little while there. Yeah. We had this guy. He worked uh, here at ABC, sales guy. I actually got kind of friendly with the guy. His name is Rob. And he's the jet guy. You ever see this guy? I met him the last place. Oh, yes. Right. You yeah, were, he I was knew. there with you. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, he was. I, I 
vaguely yeah. familiar. Well, he became the guy. Like, Fryman Ed was out, and Jet Guy, Rob, he wear these beads. He still goes. He's you know, still a big deal there. He had the helmet and everything. The helmet, yeah. the beads. I mean, looks like a complete moron. Yeah, like Halloween. Yeah, but he does it every Sunday. I, yeah, I know. That's even and then, worse. And not only Sundays, like, he shows up, like, at events as Jet Man. I mean, jeez. I mean, that guy's, <laughs> that guy's got kids. How does God, that happen? God bless. Anyway. Phil, you like Halloween? Nah, I'm indifferent. I, I'm kind of forced into it because I have a girlfriend. She likes it? Yeah, she's into it. She's not that bright, your girlfriend, let's be honest. I, I don't know much about her, but I, just from what you tell me, she's not, uh, she's not all that bright, is she? I, I, think I've, I think so far the information I've told you is that she likes Halloween, yeah. and that's it. Hmm? What is she good at? You know, that's actually a pretty uh, loaded <laughs> question. Uh, she's good at many things. Where were you yesterday, uh? Why are you taking days off in the middle of the week? Dude? You're on the number one show in New York City. I don't take days off. I, I almost died last month. I know that Bernie's yeah. very sick, so everybody cares about Bernie. Nobody cares about me. I get all that. But um, I, I, I couldn't even talk for like a month, and I was here every day, every day. Where were you? Uh, are you going to be here every day next week? No. I'm, oh. take, I'm taking Wednesday off for Yom Kippur. Oh, don't is... worry about me, though. I'm asking you oh, the wait. question. God damn it. I'm the host of the show. Taking a day off in the middle of the week. It seems, uh, it's little... Yom Kippur. Yeah, that's I was. Um, I yeah. was. Yeah. What was the holiday? Yeah, it was like a Macedonian. Uh... Yeah, it was Macedonian Independence Day. To <laughs> celebrate by. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, you're watching all the coverage of the hurricane. Oh, Ten people are dead. Is that what they're saying now? It's, that's the confirmed number in Florida alone. Somebody said yesterday that they there may be as many as hundreds dead, hundreds, and then I heard ten. It's not even close. It might be hundreds across, like, like the board, like including like Puerto Rico. But uh-huh. I know the ten is at the Florida number exclusively. Well, here is the Florida governor, the hero. I love this guy. Oh God, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Good thing you came in for that. That's because Phil gave me grapes. I should never eat grapes in the morning. It's no, stupid. Not on a Friday. Yeah. Ron DeSantis was on Fox News yesterday, and he talked about the uh, the number of. Uh, Possible face of fatalities. Here is uh, number nine, Lewis. Ron DeSantis, Fox News, on the potential dead from the storm. I think there's a potential for significant fatalities. I think that was based on an estimate of the people that were calling in from areas that were suffering severe flooding, and they looked at the number and thinking whether uh, those folks were ended up being able to survive that. We just don't know. Obviously, there's rescue attempts uh, that are being made. I mean, I can tell you, if you look at some of those communities in kind of the northern part of Lee County and part of Charlotte's that are in some of the rivers and inlets and harbors, you know, they had massive, massive flooding. I mean, it wasn't just a couple feet. I mean, they had five, six feet of flooding. So that is clearly a life-threatening situation. But I think it's too soon to put any type of numbers on that. And those numbers, you know, certainly have not been confirmed at this point. And it's my hope that some of those folks called in um, are going to be able to be rescued uh, today if they haven't already. So he talked about the flooding there. Here he talks specifically in terms of a historical reference about the flooding from this hurricane. This, uh, Lewis, is Ron DeSantis cut number eight. Right now, if you look in central Florida, you're looking at potential major flooding in Orange and Seminole counties.
St. John's River all the way up potentially into, into northeast Florida and Jacksonville. The amount of water that's been rising and will likely continue to rise today even as the storm is passing uh, is basically a 500-year flood event. And I know Seminole County has, has, has done evacuations. I know they've issued, uh, opened shelters, uh, but uh, we're going to see a lot of images about uh, the destruction that was done in southwest Florida. And obviously, we have massive assets there. Uh, but people should just understand this, this storm is having broad impacts across the state. And some of the flooding you're going to see in areas hundreds of miles from where this made landfall um, are going to set records, and that's going to obviously be be things that um, uh, th- that will need to be responded to. And uh, obviously, as my partner Bernie would call him, the imbecile in the White House, the President of the United States, who this morning is still looking for Jackie, even though she died in a car accident four months ago. He, uh, <laughs> it's not even funny. He spoke about the hurricane. And he talked also from a historical reference. This, uh, Lewis, is Joe Biden cut number four. This could be the deadliest hurricane in Florida's history. The numbers of still are still unclear, but we're hearing early reports of what may be substantial loss of life. But parenthetically, I should note I've spoken what, with what was that? the governors and the mayors <laughs> and commissioners. I've been on the phone with the governors. Uh, stop, the, stop the tape. Stop the tape. Let's go back to that. Uh, what, was, that a, was that parenthetically? What was the word he was uh, using there? Yeah, we're going to add more to the Biden-Adams yeah. uh, libraries we've got. Two major libraries, Joe Biden, Eric Adams. Neither knows how to speak. Go back to that uh, cut there. This could be the deadliest hurricane in Florida's history. The right. numbers of still are still unclear, but we're hearing early reports of what may be substantial mm-hmm. loss of life. But parenthetically, I should yeah, know that i with yeah. the governors and the mayors and the commissioners. I've been on the phone right. with the governor this morning. I spoke with commissioners and mayors, and uh, they are they are. Right, enough worried, of that. Thank you. One eight hundred eight four eight W. I don't even think that made sense. I don't mean it's just he just rambles on. He just we're looking at a sentence of what he's saying. That's what he thinks. Now, if you analyze up here, this is a phrase and a clause before that becomes as, and that's a preposition. Well, Doctor Jill, his wife, she's like an English teacher or something. So. That no, was a she, Biden's. She's going to have a lot of time to teach yeah, one know. student. 1 800 848 WABC. 1 800 848 Already 17 minutes of the best radio. Yes, I said it. Yes, I'm a narcissist. I'm number one. Enough of that, Sid. The best radio you can hear all day. Coming up at 640. Frank Morano. 740. My new buddy. Out of the great state of Louisiana, Congressman Steve Scalise, 840, the great Andrew Giuliani, plus Lydia Reports, Beat Sid, and all the news and sports you need right here. Folks, happy Friday morning. You're listening to Bernie and Sid.
With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. I don't know about you, but I would love to listen to Z-Mac and Lingo all day and all morning. <laughs> What's the matter? Toilet don't work? Put it in the box! And Miguel, he, he needs to grow up there. I'm going to tell Al Roker to say Okay. Hey, Al, say hi to Sid Rosenberg. Sid Rosenberg. Sid, on behalf of a grateful nation, thank you, Sid, not for what you do, but for what you appear to do, and I mean that sincerely. She's unique. That's for darn yeah. sure. Oh, she, I know. She's, she's unique. And she's cute, too. I mean, how to bring you back to the days when you and Burt Reynolds were pulling 2 on 1s back at Florida State, yes? <laughs> not so fast, my friend. No, let's don't go there. Let's don't go there. What was the movie up in Boston? Where everybody was in it. Nicholson, Damon, Wahlberg, Alec Baldwin. In Boston? Yeah, the uh, Boston mob. Gangs of New York? Uh, Eric Langell really sounds uh, stupid. I don't like anyone. Homer's a dickhead. I think Troyton was a queer. John David Booty shot Abe Lincoln. Hi, Uncle Z-Mac. Who has a better beard than me, bro? No one. (laughs) (laughs) For, I... I'm winded, man. Jim Rome doesn't hold my left testicle. Hey, big Earl. Welcome to Miami, man. The last comedy to win an Academy Award was what? Philadelphia. Sid, these people are dipshits. Hey, Sid. Yeah. The yell sounds unusually stupid today. No, nothing of nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing, Sid. Did mean, you have any idea who played Wet Butler in all seriousness? Humphrey Bogart? <laughs> That show close. That was my um, South Florida show close. Last time I played that was sometime in 2015. <laughs> I got let go and ended up working here at WABC. And Steve Zemak and Eric Langell, my producer and board op back then, very similar to Macedonia Phil and Justin Ellick here. Two young guys, hungry, wanted to be radio stars, aligned themselves with me. 
and even though um, not the biggest talents in the industry, became big-time stars down in South Florida. Where are they? Prison. Okay. Just wanted an update. No, Eric is still working Langell uh, at some clear channel station down there, a big one down in Miami. And Steve is selling insurance, I swear to God. I'm not even kidding you. Color me shocked. Well, listen, if I ever leave here, whether it's voluntarily or not. Stand by, Phil. What do you think these two guys are going to be doing? Phil will be with McDonald's and, you know, let's be honest. Well, I just wanted them to get a glimpse of the future maybe. That's what it's going to be. See what those two guys happen to them. Insurance insurance isn't that bad. It's not bad. He's making good money. Langell cries like every day. He's like, oh, my God, I missed that show. It was a great show. It really was a great show down in Florida. And it was so great, in fact, that Craig Schwab and Chad Lopez said, come back here. You sound great. That show down there, Bernie was a guest quite often. And Bernie still talks about it. He, he'd be laughing because I would say stuff that you can't say here. Now, to be honest, John, Margo, Chad, they give me a lot of rope. A lot. They let me be me. And very, very, very rarely do they ever complain. Language context, topics, all that. They, they almost never complain. And why would they? Shows number one, generate a ton of revenue. So they know the business, and they're smart. And they know this, too. You, you really can't keep hammering the talent because, and you know this, Lou, you know, you start complaining a lot, and the talent just, they, they don't want to hear it, and it becomes ugly. So there's a mutual respect and love here. But even with the amount of rope they give me here, it is nothing. <laughs> Bernie came on. He said he was on hold one day. He goes, is this on Sirius XM or is this terrestrial radio? I'm like, Bern, we're on 640 AM in Miami. He's like, you can say that? <laughs> and he worked with Imus. So yeah. that's how it was like it was a, 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 the wild, wild west. But again, it got me up here. So we got away with a lot of stuff. A no, long time ago. And, and imagine the show in Florida, twice as much as that. It was just, it was wild. And those guys were great. But you guys are, are great, too. You're, you're even better, of course. You, Lewis, are the best ever. But um, I got a kick out of hearing some of that old stuff. So everybody's talking about the, the hurricane, of course. I do want to get to this EMS worker. It's a horrible story. But uh, the hurricane is far and away the top news in the country. We did play Ron DeSantis and Joe Biden already. But it wouldn't be a good morning show without playing some audio from Joy Reid. Joy Reid? Why, why is Joy Reid still employed at MSNBC? She's a racist. She's stupid. Oh, I know why she's still employed. She's a black lady. That's why, right? That's it. That's your answer. Julie, that's simple, folks. Did Sid just say that? Oh, yeah, I say that because it's the truth. And um, John Katzmatidis wants me to tell the truth, so I'm telling you the truth. Joy Reid is a no-talent racist, but she's a black lady, so she's got a job at MSNBC. In fact, when she filled out the form and they asked about experience, she said, I have none, but I'm a black lady. And Phil Griffin said, you're hired. <laughs> Here you are, she's talking about uh, how ironic it is, because she hates Ron DeSantis because he sent migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Oh, my God, what a terrible thing. Now she's talking about how ironic it is that Floridians themselves may turn into migrants after this horrible storm. Now, why would you do that? These people have lost their homes. Many have lost their lives. They are still in the middle of a search and rescue as we speak. And this Joy Reid 
uses this as an opportunity to make a political statement, and a stupid one at that. This is Joy Reid Lewis, cut number 15. Two million Floridians are on the move. Now, we don't know if they're leaving the state or where they're going to move to. It's a bit ironic now that you might have Floridians having to actually pour over the borders um, and go north uh, and get out of the state of Florida in the exact same crisis that we've been talking about on a trolling level in that state for a long time. And she goes on with one more, a message to my friend, the governor, Ron DeSantis, Joy Reid, courtesy of MSNBC, Cut Lewis, number 16. I'm 16, did not load, hang on a second. Okay, 16, okay. according to Lewis, did not load. But uh, she's got a message here for uh, DeSantis. We'll play it later, it's fine. It's already 6.35 anyway. I do want to get to the clip of the day, which I don't have. And um, sports and traffic and all that. Oh, here it is. Thank you, Justin. Justin, Alec. Yeah, but I don't have it. Well, but uh, you see, remember, don't you remember right before the show... When you were standing there, you were texting away, and then I said to you, hey, here's this. Uh This is our clip of the day, and then you took it with your right hand or your Uh left hand, and uh, you secured that piece of paper. Yeah, it never happened. No, I don't even see it anywhere around you. I, I don't see it anywhere. I don't even know what happened. You, you just made up a whole uh, bubble mindset. But I see, see, but that's where the disconnect is. It never happened. Yeah. Go with that. Okay. Traffic and sports coming up next. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you just, I mean, just, you like just a, make up stuff. Yeah, yeah. But right now, it's the seventy-seven WABC clip of the day. Seventy-seven WABC celebrating one hundred years. Again, this is phenomenal work done by mostly Chris Libertini. Coming tomorrow at 4 p.m., hear the critically acclaimed radio documentary series again. Tomorrow we highlight the sounds of the summer of 77, the blackout, and celebrating 100 years, parts one and two. I'm George Michael. It is now 11 o'clock in New York, 11 o'clock on WABC. Uh, the power failure now officially one hour, 30 minutes in. The last one was November 9th, 1965. And where were you when the lights went out in New York? Glenn Morgan. Thank you, George. This is Glenn Morgan, program director of WABC Radio. And I'd just re- like to remind our listeners as a public service, WABC is preempting all normal music and commercial programming until further notice so that we may bring you the latest, most comprehensive information available during this emergency. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Sports is, in fact, brought to you by my dear friend Pete Morgan, the fine folks at Peerless Boilers. Check them out today, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. The Dolphins are no longer unbeaten. Justin Alex Eagles, the only undefeated team. But what a scary, scary moment in that Dolphin-Bengal game last night. I imagine, Justin, you'll start there. If you weren't, now you will. Yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> don't don't worry about it, Sydney. I am starting there uh, per your, uh, I guess, permission. Uh, yeah, it was ugly. Tia, Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback of the Miami. Did I get that right? <laughs> Did I get that one right? That's a tough one. Yeah, quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. He got hit uh, late in the first half there, uh, went down for nearly 10 minutes, and uh, it did not look good. It's uh, clear at this point that he has head and neck injuries, and it's um, pr- all but confirmed that he uh, does have a confirmed concussion uh, and route to a 27-15 to loss to Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals to uh, open up week four of the NFL season on Thursday night. 
football. Locally, the Giants get set to welcome in the Chicago Bears Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. as three-point favorites, and the Jets take a trip to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers at the same time. They currently sit as three-point underdogs. Checking in on the Diamond as well, both the Mets and Yankees had the day off yesterday before they get set to dive into the home stretches of their respective regular season schedules. The Yanks return home to welcome in the Baltimore Orioles tonight at 7.05 p.m. Eastern, with Domingo Herman set to take the hill against Baltimore's Jordan Lyles. Aaron Judd will go for number 62, become uh, the sole possessor of the American League uh, single-season home run record. As for the Mets, they'll send out ace Jacob deGrom in Game 1 of a big three-game set against the Braves in Atlanta. First pitch is set for 7.20 p.m. Eastern Time, with Atlanta trotting out left, left-hander left Max Fried. New York enters the series just one game up on the Braves in the National League East. Here was manager Buck Showalter talking about the implications that the series could hold. Pressure is what you make of it. It's a privilege. A lot of people would love to be in our shoes, so regardless, our guys have had a great season. They're going to get a chance to roll the dice in October. We'll see from what uh, angle it'll be. So we'll see what happens uh, starting out tonight at 720. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. And here with your bottom of the hour sports update, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I want to thank all of you here, for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? No, no, no. Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was was supposed to be here. Oh, no, Joe. So I've got this friend, Stephanie Perales, and her husband, Ralph. And they started as listeners to be down in Florida. They live in Orlando, not far from Disney. And they lost their power uh, from Hurricane Ian. And the good news is they've got a generator. So Stephanie texted me this morning, and she says, we're doing okay. We've got a generator. And I said, good. You, at least you can get through the day. you got light. She goes, we don't care. We just need electricity to make sure me and Ralph can listen to you. I swear to God. I, I mean, I've got the text. I can't show it to you. But um, that's how some of these folks are, and that's very humbling. So I love you, Stephanie, and you too, Ralph, and good luck down there. It is an S show down in Florida. And um, you, Frank Morano, the great Frank Morano. Yes. I have once visited Florida. That's the only time you've been no, there? No, I've been there a couple times. You're um, wishing them the best. A major superstar here, by the way. Overnights gets incredible ratings and is a super guy. Um, you're not a big Florida guy, though. No, I mean, I, I like Florida to visit. I am so over 
hearing New Yorkers wistfully go on and on about how they wish they could move to Florida. I just I don't get the whole culture of Florida. And I know in the minority because every day I talk to a different person that says I'm moving to Florida or I can't wait to move to Florida. They like the political climate. A lot of them a lot of them like the actual climate. Uh, A lot of them like the taxes. But uh, with with the Gators and the hurricanes and the, um, you know, needing air conditioning 10 months a year, it's not for me. You couldn't sound any dumber. Bernie did the same thing for years. Uh, I lived there. Now, I was bored, so I came back. But gators and hurricanes? And dinner you, at 4.30 in you the can, afternoon? You can walk the streets in Fort Lauderdale, in Boca Raton. No one's going to come up and stab you. There's no filth and dirt and homeless. Nobody is scraping that's ice off their windshield. That's part of New York's charm. Wind- no, it's I not. need a little filth. No, that's why people are leaving. I, I know. So, in I all know. seriousness, the quality of life I hear you. is I hear a you. thousand times better Again, I was bored, and in this business, if you're in TV or radio, you have to work in New York or Los Angeles to make the big money, which I, I'm not making yet, but I will. Um, you're doing okay. Me, I, you're doing, doing okay. fine. Yes. Doing. But um, in terms of living, Florida blows New York away by a that, mile. That's what everyone says. I, I no, guess, it's a fact. I, you know, I, I get it. You know, different flavors, right? That's no, why there's chocolate no, and no. vanilla. You just don't know what you're talking uh, about. It's possible. And there's not enough casinos for you in Florida. <laughs> there's plenty of casinos in Florida. Uh, there are? Yeah. First of all, the Seminole Tribe, which right, runs Fort the Hard Rock Casinos. Right. They, there's one. And yeah. uh, I, again, I think there are others as well, but uh, I don't know. No, I think you would know better than me. Yeah, you can always fly to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. It's like less than an hour flight. You're right there in Nassau or Freeport or any one of those uh, uh, spots. But, look, I love New York. I'm back. I live on the beach. I've got a great job. I love my bosses. Uh, ideally, I won't leave until I retire to California. But to compare living in New York to Florida. I'm not comparing. This, no I'm comparison. saying this is where no... I want to live. Right. but Well, because you don't know any better. That's fine. Fine. Yeah. Not the first you time I've been You don't go anyplace else. When was the last time you traveled outside of, of Vegas? Where did you go? Where did you go? Well, you know, I do go to Atlantic City very regularly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. My wife and I went to Cape May for uh, for oh, a week. I went. Nice. My brother got married in one of the most inconvenient places possible, Hawaii. So I was there oh, for his wedding. Please don't remind me. Uh, and um, I, right. my my brother-in-law is getting married in December in Mexico. You notice no one ever really gets married in a convenient spot. No, no one ever gets married around the corner, up I the know, block. I know. It's always, you got to no. take planes and buses and trains. I got to tell you, though, I went to a book signing on Wednesday in Long Island. You're almost better off going to Hawaii than going to Long Island (laughs) on a weeknight. The the LIE is such a mess. But anyway, you're in here today to talk about a a variety of issues. One is when it comes to local politics, you are far and away the most knowledgeable guy that I know. You and Curtis, not even close. So I had this kid, Michael Ragusa, in Mm. studio yesterday, and he's running against guys like Justin Brennan in Bay Ridge for uh, city council. And I like the kid. He's very, very good. And I used to go to school in Bay Ridge, Poly Prep, Poly sure. Prep, when it was a gorgeous neighborhood. And it's not so gorgeous anymore. So that's one of the heated races coming up. What, what other should we Well, that race to? is not going to be till next year. And we actually don't know uh, what 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 district Ragusa is going to be in. We don't know what district Brandon's going to be in Because either. they keep redistricting right. everything, they, right? They unprecedented last week. And this got no coverage. But the redistricting commission voted the maps down 8 to 7. So now they're back to the drawing board. It's a very interesting situation. You had the Republican members of the redistricting commission, the Borelli appointees, voting with the Eric Adams 
Forum's appointees to reject these council maps. Wow. So, so it's a kind of an unusual coalition, and nobody knows the next step. Apparently, they're going to have to try and do some arm twisting to change one uh, change somebody's mind. So we'll see where that goes. Wow. My friend Jonathan Siegel just texted me, and he's a uh, Howard Beach resident. Love Jonathan. Mm. And uh, Tom Sullivan, my friend running for, uh, for assembly uh, around that area, mostly in Queens. Queens. Is, Queens. is he running for assembly or Senate? He's running for assembly. assembly. Now, he did run for Senate a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, so you're right. But now it's assembly. And, um, well, listen, it's that area, while gorgeous and right by me, that's another area like, like Poly Prep, mm-hmm. uh, like a Bay Ridge. Yep. A lot of Italians. It was very well protected, very little crime. And now Howard Beach was seeing home invasions, break-ins, they're stealing cars. So those areas, uh, Frank, they become very important come election day. Yeah, th- there are a number of poten- – of, uh, there's actually an unusual number of competitive districts this year as compared to a typical year in New York City. Now, why is that? Um, I-, I think part of it is due to the momentum that Republicans have. I think part of it is due to the fact that they the courts struck down these congressionally gerrymandered lines. Uh, you have certain seats that are always competitive, like the Maliotakis, Max Rose seat, which is my congressional district. That's always going to be a competitive seat. And it is this year. But in Long Island, um, the race for the Zeldin seat is very competitive. The race for um, Kathleen Rice's seat is very competitive. The race for Tom Swazi's seat is very competitive. I wouldn't be shocked. I do think the Republicans hang on to the Zeldin seat with Nick LaLota. But I wouldn't be shocked if either the Democrat or the Republican won either the Swazi seat or the Kathleen Rice seat. Both wow. very competitive seats. And that's because they're not gerrymandered districts. These are competitive uh, districts. And for folks that don't follow it that closely, that's mm-hmm. Nassau or Suffolk. Um, the those are those are Nassau and the uh, Swazi seat has a sliver of Queens. Gotcha. As well. Uh, the Maliotakis Rose, you mm-hmm. say that'll be very competitive. I, I mean, it, in comparison to the rest of New okay, York City. Gotcha. I think, uh, I think. Uh, look, the attitude that I'm about to express is the worst thing for if you're a Maliotakis supporter, which I happen to be. Um, I don't think this race is going to be within 10 points. I think Nicole wins this race going away. Now, uh, that's the worst thing that Nicole wants to hear because she doesn't want her supporters resting on their laurels. Right. But the, the way they had gerrymandered this district under the... Uh, uh, old lines, that would have been very tough for Nicole. I think Max Rose would have won that. But under these new lines, I honestly don't – any look, anything is possible in politics. I don't see any way Nicole loses. Talk to me about the governor's race. Mm-hmm. Everybody has an opinion. And I said this yesterday. I'm asked every single day, mm. two things. How is Bernie? Is Zeldin going to win? <laughs> I swear to God. And uh, I always say, is Zeldin going to win? I go, yeah, I think he's got a really good chance. I wouldn't bet on it, to be honest, because we're still outnumbered in a big way in this city. Yeah, well, you don't state. bet anymore anymore. Right, anyway. that's, that's right. But um, if you had to bet on it, mm-hmm. Zeldin wins? No. no. I mean, I, well, look, look, I'm, I'm going to That was so dismissive. Well, no, I mean, I, I, he made a face. He made a face no, like, no. No, I'm going <laughs> to vote. Well, if I'm going to vote for Zeldin. I think he's doing a great job hammering the issue of uh, congestion pricing, which if you're uh, not if you're an outer borough resident or a Long Islander or a Westchester resident that has to work in Manhattan, you don't want to pay between $9 and $23 for the privilege of coming to work every day. So um, that being said, the state is just deep blue, and I don't see any way that Zeldin can can uh, can win, especially well, in light of Pataki, this abortion decision. How did Pataki win back Well, then? first of all, the abortion decision... Um, has left this abortion question to the state, and that means you could totally run on this. But wait a second, but if you're Lee Zeldin, and you come out and you go, listen, folks, the facts are abortion is legal in New York. It is not a a debate-worthy topic in this state. If I was running for governor in, oh, I don't know, 
Give me a state that it's not legal in. Uh, uh, Texas. Great. In Texas, then that would be a talking point. But you cannot vote for somebody on an issue that's not an issue in New York. If he does that, well, what's to talk about? Right. Uh, because the the everybody knows, even the casual pro-choice voter, that this is now a state decision. So uh, Zeldin, who's already expressed a willingness to go around the legislature on issues like bail reform, expressed a willingness to go around the voters on issues like removing the Manhattan DA, who's to say he's not going to appoint a health commissioner that's pro-life and uh, make abortion rights more? restrictive in New York. And there was that rumor that he was considering doing that a couple of exactly, months ago. Exactly. And so if you're a pro-choice voter, um, even if you're not crazy about Z- Hochul because of crime, if you're not crazy about Hochul because of the Buffalo Bills boondoggle, um, that's enough to turn you off. But that being said, the normal way that New York votes is Democrat. You almost need a perfect storm to get uh, to get a Republican elected statewide. You mentioned George Pataki. Pataki ran as a moderate Republican at, in 94. You know, he Zeldin is a conservative Republican, and especially how New York Democrats are viewing Trump supporters as almost we're from another planet. The fact that Zeldin voted the way he did on January 6th, that sort of confirms a lot of Democrats' worst fears about Trump supporters as well. Zeldin is not running as a Giuliani style. When I say Giuliani, I mean 1993 Giuliani, a Giuliani style or a Pataki style Republican. He's running as a Trump Republican. Gotcha. So before we wrap this up now. I, I hope he wins. I don't want right. to pay the $23. I know, no, I know I'm voting for him. Uh, you'll come back next week. We'll talk about some other uh, less uh, serious stuff. But sure. you're so good at this. Do you expect turnout to be better this year? Well, will it be much of the same? I actually think it will be a little higher than it was four years ago uh, because of the congressional races, which are unusually competitive. I I think the lower ticket races and the competition among them is actually going to drive turnout up for all the races. I think that's certainly a good thing. Why do you look so handsome? You're a very handsome guy anyway, but why are you all dressed up today? Uh, Last night I went out to see Tony Danza at 54 Below. Oh, you did go to that. He was terrific. He was on the show last week. I know. I know. That's why I I went. Now, when you walk up to him, do you go, I'm Sid Rosenberg's friend, say hello to me? (laughs) Or you're going to tell me you know him, he was at my wedding, he hangs out with John Gotti Jr. I, I, uh, I didn't get the opportunity to talk to him last oh. night. I, 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 he walked right by me and had clearly no recognition of, of <laughs> who I was at all. But I yeah. will say this about Tony Danza. Whenever I do run into him, which you know is pretty regularly, he always is kind enough to pretend like he remembers who yeah, I am, who which, which is nice. No, which he is knows nice. who you are. Nice. You, um, that's all I'm asking. Most people that I meet that are ABC fans really do love you. Well, that's nice. I They're appreciate always like, that. That guy, Frank Morano, is really smart, and you are, so. Well, that, you're very kind, and... Uh, I am sorry that uh, we're both off the market dating-wise and we're not eligible to date Marjorie Taylor Greene, right? I mean, <laughs> she is now... getting divorced, right? Yes, yeah. yes, because well, of an affair with her tantric sex instructor or I something. I saw that. Well, at the gym or yes. something, right? Yeah, but well, yeah. that's another yeah, affair. But very uh, dangerous. I, um, most yeah. el- DC's most eligible. Oh, she's gone. She is. And uh, it looks like Tom Brady's wife may be out there, too. Yeah, yeah, that's a sad That 12-year marriage may be ending, according to the New York Post. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. You think he should have retired? Well, they're two and one. Yeah. He's playing pretty good football. I mean, he had a chance to even beat Green Bay on Sunday. So, I mean, according to what his wife wants, he should have retired. Mm -hmm. Because who who wants to live with an unhappy wife? Right. 
But in terms of football ability, he's got some left. I uh, I think you're right. I just wonder, is it worth the toll it's on not. his personal Nothing's life? worth the toll. No, nothing is worth it. Trust me. It, what would he be making as a commentator? $25, $30 million? Doesn't he have some contract waiting for him the day after he retires? $400 million from yeah, Fox Sports. Unbelievable. I know. But it's so, in their blood, man. That's I hear what they you. Do. I hear it's you. like one day, God forbid, God forbid, somebody takes a microphone away from you. Oh, you're going to be you're going through a withdrawal like a junkie. <laughs> like a junkie. And then you'll be doing like the show in the house for Rachel. And she'll be like, Frank, you're not on the radio anymore. And you'll be like, oh, my God, don't remind me. <laughs> All right. Know. Have a good weekend, my friend. Thank you, you for inviting me on. He is. Uh, you're great. You really are. Frank Morano does an amazing job. Other Side of Midnight, a really great show. And he talks about everything from politics to fun stuff. To weird stuff like UFOs and uh, that's right. Know. It's kind of a strange guy, Frank. But I am. Yeah, but I love him, and he's very bright, and he's a great guest. We'll wrap it up. Come back with some more great guests today, including my new best friend out of the great state of Louisiana, Steve Scalise, coming up at seven forty. Andrew Giuliani, that's a real best friend, coming up at eight forty. Lydia reports and Beat Sid. This is Adam Duritz and the Counting Crows from the great album August and Everything After. Mr. Jones. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. So when you were booking President Trump, did you say it, old blubber titties? Wait, let me just ask you this, boss. Yeah. Do you, you, you think we have President Trump the first day? That's not a, that's not a fact. It's not? No. I thought oh. you were kidding around. <laughs> well, no, I thought you did. No. They were in the first week. Working on it. Right. No, we don't have... Uh, not, not, uh, well, not have on. you tried to get him for my last day? Desperately tried. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What did they say? What did they say? We will get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I can only do one. So would you rather me go on Imus's last show or your show the next week? And just you know, I mean, we said, I'll show the next one. <laughs> we walked on the beach beside that old hotel. They're tearing it down now, but it's just as well. I haven't shown you everything a man can do. Stay with me, baby I got plans for you This is the time to remember Cause it will not last forever These are the days to hold on to Cause we want all the will want to This is the time But time is gonna change You've given me the best well, that's how it went, and of course, um, he did not go, President Trump, on Don's last show, but he did in fact go on with us, me and Bernard, and it was not the first day, but it was, as I stated there, the first week. It was show number five, where Trump stopped by. He's not been back since. I used to really break Bernie's balls about this, when Bernie would be, you know, just... 
defending Trump every step of the way. And now I've become that guy, too. I can't believe I have, but I have. But I'd be like, burn enough already, man. Give me a break. I mean, the guy's been on with us once. He's on with Sean Hannity every day. He's on with some jack off. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Hugh Hewitt. Who no one even knows how the hell that guy. I mean, give me a Salem radio, really? Phil Boyce? No, thanks. Anyway, he hasn't come back since, and I'd be like, come on, burn. What's at this undying loyalty to this guy? But uh, as I said, now I'm right with Bernie. So anyway, that was uh, a fun little moment, a couple of laughs, and people love it. I get messages all the time in big numbers. People love it when I play some of the old Imus stuff. Lou hates it because Lou hates Imus. No, I'm just trying to distance. It's time to move on. No, no, it's not. No, it's time for you to move on and stop the resentment and the hate and just appreciate that without Imus, you wouldn't be the major superstar you are today. And now I'm, of course, prolonging that. You were dying for years with uh, that embarrassment of a morning show with Berman and Riedel. But, I mean, you know, just move on from all the horror that he put us to every day. It's fine. Look how strong it made you. Yeah, I, I can... Yeah, sure, I can attest to that. You really hate him? Like, hate him, hate him? No, not at all. So give, how do you feel about Don Imus? What? <laughs> now and now we're no. going to discuss yeah, it? Right now. Because Bernie, I, I first of all, a... Bernie was very reluctant to, to discuss him. Was, and I break, keep bringing him up. And, and Bernie just wouldn't waver. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. Me, I go back and forth. Hate him, love him, hate him, love him. You were there longer than me and Bernie. So what, what's your... No, I wasn't long, longer than Bernie. Oh, you weren't? I thought no, you weren't. No, Bernie was at NBC. Right. Oh, you weren't. That's I right. You not, got to the fan. I was right, not there. Right, they, right. I was, uh, yeah. I was uh, assigned right. to him, actually. But he never fired you, and he never. there was never a time where he didn't consider bringing you back. Like after the, the whole Rutgers incident, he was not bringing Bernie back until Roger Ailes and Bo Deedle. No, I know. That was a completely different... Scenario yeah. that was Bernard went through hell. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. He, like I, I do recall that, and he was uh, let go right away. Right, but I, I wasn't. Right, so Don liked you. So what, what's your what's right. your role? Well, he he had called me. He had contacted me when he was coming back, and he insisted, you know, you're going to come, right? You're going to come. You know, I was in the driver's so seat. So this makes it even worse that you're so nasty. To no, the guy. no, no, no. It 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 makes it even more. I I am not clouded by i by how my relationship was with him i i had a lot of fun times with him but i i but i saw a lot of nasty stuff right. i saw a lot of terrible things i always i didn't just turn my head away when he did awful things to you what you know he did some terrible things well, I, how come you I, never but you, it wasn't like you were, you you and, and you and i are very close and i love you right but he did so many first of all he he treated me much worse than bernie I don't want to hear about it. Not even close. Oh, and oh, I think you'd agree right. to that. I, I can't 100% agree to that because I've, I have saw him do awful yeah, things but I to would, everybody. No, no, but that was before I got there. Once I got there, I became the whipping boy more than any. Oh, me and Rob Bartlett. Me and Rob Bartlett. Right, and Rob probably took it the worst. He the probably end. did. Yeah. You have to yeah. admit that. Yeah, Rob, no, Rob took a vicious beating, <laughs> uh, but he needed the money. Um, so, but it wasn't like you were calling me every day going, oh my God, Sid, I miss his, um, what well, happened? I told, I did tell you a couple of things. I did. Yeah, you, you just did forget. Tell me a couple yeah, of I things. said, look, you're, you were, you would come in and say, oh, I'm not even getting, I'm here and I'm doing this. I'm not even, not even getting paid yet. I didn't get paid yet. Well, that's true. Right. And what did I say? I, I said, I said, 
Well, don't come. Don't you did work. say that. Don't yes. tell him I'm not working until I get paid. You did say that. Right. Right. You I did. did. That's you all did. I could do. Well, I, by the way, you, no, no, it was actually you that you did that because you were the one who motivated. This is a true story. Motivated me to call Imus, and I actually threw down the hammer. I said, uh, "I man, you're not paying me. I'm coming in the crack of dawn. I got to deal with your bullsh- uh, bull, uh, you know, yeah, and uh, it's not happening anymore." You did do that. Yeah, and I said, whatever you're paying one a wolf, which was a joke, you need to pay me more. And he said, what? I said, yeah, that's how it's going to go. You're either going to pay me this number, which was more than Warner, or I will gladly go back and just do middays with Bernie, and you can bring Warner back here. I swear to God, that was a conversation. Okay, you did that. That's good. Yes. And then I got, you know, more money. Still got raped. I mean, give me a break. But uh, it was still more money. So I won that conversation. And then he left, so that was it. Well, there's, when he brought me back after he was fired, yeah. he he negotiated with me, and then he tried to renege on it. He did? Oh, yeah. He's such not, a god. Not a lot of Jeez. people know that. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it ended up uh, ended up him calling me, yelling at me. He yelled at you? Yeah, yelled at me, called me at FAN. Yeah. Like, what's going on? This is, uh, this is not what we agreed to. Oh. And I said, that's right. It's not what we agreed to. You got that right, because I'm here. And he said, well, you agreed to this number. And I said, no, no, no. We agreed to another number, and now the number's different. And he, so he tried to lowball me because, well, that was before Bernie was coming back. Now Bernie's coming back. I, 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 I don't care. Yeah, it was care. weird because... You want me, you called me. Of course. And he said, okay, fine, that number's fine. A couple of weeks later, the number wasn't fine, and he changed it. Right, that's He him. lowered it. Yeah. He lowered it. So I said, uh, he says, well, you're not going to work for that? And I went, uh, no. And he hung up wow. on me. Hung up. So I, and I, this is true, I swear to God. Do you really want to know? I swear yeah, to God. I, I do. I got up. I walked out of that small little office into the newsroom. I saw Scazzeri and Carlin, those guys. I said, that's it. I think I'm, I'm staying. I'm not going. Five minutes later, yeah. the phone rang. That's he him. Called back. He was he such like, a wuss like and that. And left. Yeah. Okay, let's figure this out. But he did that old, like he would kick us out of the studio and then complain on the air, get him back in here, get him back in here. Yeah, yeah. the whole thing was uh, he, yeah, he a, was such a, a, a there was carnival. Like, there was like no bullets in the gun no, that he carried. Yes. But um, at any rate, um, listen, this is, uh, the practice once was that ABC and FAN would pay Imus uh, all the money. And then he would divvy up the money to you guys. So, like, Chad Lopez didn't even pay you. Right. He paid Imus, and right. Imus paid you. Right. Me, I was getting paid from ABC, and then Imus, and it was so confusing. I had no idea what the hell was going on. Anyway, uh, people love it when we bring them up and bring back the old memories, so I do it. And I do it uh, often these days. Yeah, I'm, I'll hear later, of course, at uh, some point, oh, Lewis and Great, there's no one would have that, that, That's what they all say. <laughs> I know. No one knows what it was like. No, they don't. Well, I keep telling them. Like this uh, idiot, uh, these message boards, like this moron snipping of these people who still bow to the author of Don Imus, who was, by the way, five-time Marconi Award winner, gave us all opportunities. But for the billionth time, Alan, I hope you're listening, you moron. For the billionth time, Imus did not bring me to New York. Not the first time he was against it. That was Mark Chernoff. And not the second time he was against it. He wanted Mike Lupica. That was Chad Lopez. Imus never brought me to New York, didn't want me back. And when I came back, he couldn't wait to fire Warner and hire me. 
So if you're going to talk about the history of Imus, at least get it right. Get it right. Idiots. Yep. And I'll just say for the record, I had a great time working on the show. I had a great time. And I, I really liked working with him a lot. And we, but then when I saw awful things, I saw awful things. Yeah, no, there were bad stuff. There was bad stuff. I mean, I, I mean, he took care of me very well. He did. I was sitting on stage in Secaucus for the Contessa Brewer rant. That was a classic. Oh, God, I mean, jeez. Yes. Another person who called me off the air wanting advice. She called me. I'm sure. And I tried to talk her off the ledge. Okay. I well, felt so bad for he her. He didn't work well with women, whether it was like her or Janice Dean or Christy Muzumeci, any one of these ladies, for some reason, he made them miserable. Right. Well, I don't know why. A, well, he had some kind of complex. <laughs> and, and every every assistant, you, did you see all the assistants? Oh, my God, yes. I, I saw one after another, yeah. and they worked for a while for him. Yes, Kara yeah. Dugan, no. Julie Canfer. Angela. Angela, I didn't oh. her. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But some, every one of them I saw cry on the way. Uh, most of them, yeah. I should say. Wow. Well, yeah, but we, should, but we shouldn't talk bad about him. He's no, dead. That's it. It's like Joe Biden. We shouldn't talk bad about him. He's not dead yet, but he's close. Listen to those guys. They're ingrates. They're, 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 <laughs> yeah. What I did for them. Oh, Let me go back to this Biden uh, slip-up two days ago when he started talking to a lady that is actually uh, gone. She's dead. It was a horrible story. lady died in Indiana, a politician, killed in a car accident in August. It's a terrible story. It really is. But that didn't stop Biden from looking for her and announcing she was present somewhere two days ago. Again, she's dead months. Here is your president. This is cut number two. I want to thank all of you here for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was was going to be here. Yeah, she's dead. So it it gets really bad when people like Trevor Noah who's another one of these unfunny libs, who's got a late-night show like Jimmy Kimmel. I kind of like Fallon. He's cute, but he's also part of the same crew. They're all the same outside of Greg Gutfeld, who's not funny, but at least he's a Republican. Uh, So Trevor Noah, he does this show. Is it on Comedy Central? Where is he? Yeah, he's horrible. But even he had a joke about Joe Biden and this uh, dead lady reference. This is Trevor Noah cut number 21, Lou. So awkward. Oh man. And his explanation didn't help. You know, he's like, of course I knew Jackie was dying. I was looking for Jackie Kennedy. Where's Jackie Kennedy? Where's, where are you, Jackie? Where's Jackie? Oh. I, look, I mean, I guess on the upside, at least he noticed that she wasn't there. This is a good thing. Yeah, it could have been much worse if he was like, where's Jackie? Oh, there she is. There's Jackie. Everyone look at Jackie. <laughs> like, there's no Jackie. She's there. Everybody sees Jackie. And look, I know a lot of people are saying that this is another example of Biden's brain being foggy, but I think, if anything, this makes Biden a better president. Yeah. Think of how hard he must be working right now to keep Americans safe, knowing that Osama bin Laden is still out there somewhere. (laughs) Where is he? Where is he, Jack? Where is he? Well, that's actually kind of funny. I hate to tell you. That is funny. And when he was doing the Jackie thing, it was very Eddie (laughs) Murphy-like. Trevor Noah. I see her. I see her there. I see her. All right, there's one for Trevor. He actually did make a big announcement last night. But after that, that will have Trevor Noah fans. I'm not one of them. Well, that was very funny. We'll have Trevor Noah fans very upset. This is cut number 22. And I realized that after the seven years, um, my time is up. I... uh... Yeah, but in, 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 the most, in the most beautiful way, honestly. I, 
I've loved hosting this show. It's been one of my greatest challenges. It's been one of my greatest joys. I, I, I've loved trying to figure out how to make people laugh, even when the stories are particularly <laughs> on the worst days. You know, we've, we've laughed together, we've cried together. Um, but after seven years, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's time, you know? There it is, Trevor Noah stepping down as host of The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Still to come, Bill O'Reilly's morning message. The great congressman out of the state of Louisiana, Steve Scalise, my dear friend Andrew Giuliani, Lydia Reports, Beat Sid, and so much more. Huge baseball weekend. Judge goes for number 62 in the Bronx tonight against the Orioles. And the Mets with a one-game lead over the Braves start a huge three-game set in Atlanta tonight. Keep it right here. Bernie and Sid, number one in New York. We'll be back right after this. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Friday, the Wall Street Journal reports that three years ago, 2019, the USA spent $60 billion on food stamps. This year, more than $120 billion will be spent, a double. And President Biden wants more taxpayer dollars to combat food insecurity. Well, of course he does. Mr. Biden's solution to every problem is spending more money. The astronomical federal budget has caused inflation, which makes it harder for people to buy food. Biden then offers more free food, and that ignites inflation even further. Great. President Biden doesn't care about any of that. Way too complicated for him. But his party cares deeply, not about hungry folks per se, but about creating dependence on government. Why do you think poor Americans overwhelmingly support the Democrats? Entitlements, that's why. And by the way, many undocumented migrants will be getting entitlements from the federal and state governments. Finally, if you oppose all this outrageous spending by the government, you are evil, a bigot, a greed head, a selfish American who does not pay his fair share, to quote the socialist Bernie Sanders. So we watch our country descend into a place without problem-solving, discipline, or self-reliance. Please vote on November 8th. It is crucial. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Step one, you say we need 
the talk he walks He says sit down, it's just talk He smiles politely back at you You stare politely right on through Some sort of Sending this song out, a Casey Kasem long-distance dedication to my beautiful daughter, Ava, in Wales. I used to um, drive her to school. We lived in Boca. And she went to this little school called Addison Academy. And I lived in West Boca, for folks who know about Florida, uh, west of Yamato Road and 441. Beautiful home. And I used to drive to Addison Academy. It was about a 15-minute drive. And I had the same songs on every morning, like I do here. You know, you guys all know the songs I like. And a lot of you folks actually enjoy it and and send me messages, which I appreciate. So she knew every word to that song, How to Save a Life. And I can, man, I can vividly see it. Like yesterday, she's six, six years old, sitting in the back seat. Uh, At the time, he had a white Volkswagen Jetta. Before we had uh, nice cars, you know, white Volkswagen Jetta, and uh, she'll be sitting in the back seat. Jonathan Siegel says, very emotional music today. Well, you're right, John. You're right. And uh, this song especially, that's a good job. Very instinctive. Good pickup, John. Um, and she would sing every 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 word, you know. And um, I miss that. So yesterday, Ava FaceTimed me from Wales in her new apartment, and uh, two of her friends were there. So she FaceTimes me, and I'm not wearing a shirt. I'm in my bedroom, you know. Oh, my God. Already I'm cringing. So Danielle walks in and goes, who are you on the phone with? And I said, Ava, okay. Next thing you know, there's two girls on the bed, young girls, you know, pretty. They go to college with Ava. And she goes, hey, Dad, say hello to my friends. (laughs) So Danielle's like, oh, okay. Next time Gabe's friends come over, maybe I'll walk around topless. I'm like, Danielle, I had no idea Ava's friends were in the room. What do you want me to do? Put the phone down. He's going to have more friends, I think. That's for certain. Well, yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, like, man, your dad's hot. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm talking about him. Anyway, oh. not about them. It's about my daughter, and I miss her and you, you're gonna that call song. You're calling your mom again? Yeah. <laughs> so this uh, dopey Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House uh, press secretary, the worst ever. Even Bill O'Reilly admitted that yesterday, too, that he thought she was the worst. So she had to find a way to defend Joe Biden after, once again, Joe Biden was looking... For a lady in the audience who's dead. <laughs> and <laughs> that won't be not funny for a long time. No, listen, I'm gonna to talk to Scalise about this next. We sad. gotta get this guy out of there. It's time, seriously. So somebody asked Corrine Jean Pierre about um you know what she thinks about this. That you know, that here is the president literally asking for somebody that's dead. <laughs> She's something else, this lady. Here is Corrine Jean-Pierre's response, Lewis, number 12. Question of the Congresswoman, and I think we all totally get why she's top of mind, 
you've made that case pretty effectively. Um, well, but I you. think the confusing part is why, if she and the family is top of mind, does the president think that she's living and in the room? I don't find that confusing. What? I mean, I think many people can speak to sometimes when you have someone top of mind. They're a top of mind, exactly that. Uh, and it is also, if you put it into the context, it's not like it happened without outside of context, right? It happened at an event wow. uh, where we were um, uh, champ we were calling out the champions, uh, congressional champions in particular of this uh, issue, this important issue uh, when it comes to food insecurity, something that this administration has led on, led uh, on uh, from the beginning of this administration, not just across the country, but, uh, but also globally. So then she gets all angry, all pissed off, you know. There she tried to answer it. It was a babbling mess. That was a babbling. I mean, just a mess. But then she gets, like, really pissed off. This is uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre, number 13. Corrine, I have John Lennon top of mind just about every day, but I'm not looking around. John Lennon. When you sign a bill for John Lennon, Lennon has president, then we can have this conversation. Oh, boy. When you sign a bill for John Lennon. When he's president, which, of course, he can't be because, Corrine, much like the political lady that your president's looking for, he's also dead. Yeah, Not writing songs anymore. No. <laughs> so where's Corrine? But you can read about John Lennon in the latest Bill O'Reilly bestseller, wow. Killing the Legends, which is about Muhammad Ali, Elvis Presley, and John Lennon. So there's a free plug for my friend Bill. Very wise. Very nice. Well, it made sense. Yeah, it made sense after that. So Steve Scalise is a great guest. In my opinion, one of the great congressmen in the country today and a hero. Don't forget, it was Steve Scalise who took a bullet. He got shot playing a baseball game in Washington, D.C. He was actually practicing before the big game by a Bernie Sanders supporter years ago. And now he's gone on to become one of the great voices in America today. And for some reason, he likes me. Every time Lee Zeldin walks into the Capitol in D.C., and Lee has told me this, Scalise always says, uh, how's my guy Sid? <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but it's happened. So he'll join us from Louisiana coming up at 740. Andrew Giuliani, he'll be here at 840. Lydia Reports comes your way at 825. Beat Sid, your chance at cash and prizes, thanks to the generosity of my dear friend Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. That comes your way at 9.40, more on Hurricane Ian. And one more thing. You know, a bunch of people sent me the video of this EMS worker coming out of that bodega, stabbed to death. I'm not going to watch the video. I know what happened. I get it. And you know who should watch the video? I don't need to watch it. I don't have that morbid curiosity. Stuff like that makes me nauseous. Could be me. Could be my daughter. Could be you. But you know who should watch the video? Don't send it to me. Kathy Hochul. Millions of you, at least thousands of you in New York, get that lady's email address. Don't DM it to me. Send that video to Kathy Hochul. Because that lovely EMS worker who dedicated her life to service in this city and saving other people's lives, is dead today because of people like Kathy Hochul. Don't send it to me. Send it to her. Do us all a favor. 
Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Right Place, Wrong Time. Dr. John. I've been in the right place. He's from New Orleans. By the way, the Saints suck. God, they suck. Jameis Winston blows. The one and two, they got the Vikings on Sunday. They suck. LSU sucks, too. Thank God my next guest doesn't, though. He's my favorite congressman in all the United States. He's a legitimate hero and one of the great voices we've got in the Republican Party. And uh, I don't know how it happened, but uh, him and I are now best friends. Here he is, live from Louisiana, maybe D.C., I don't know, the great Steve Scalise. How did this happen, this uh, this beautiful relationship, Steve? What happened? <laughs> it's like a bromance, but uh, but it's going to be challenged if you start going after my Saints and Tigers. Oh, my but, God. Uh, they, they, you know, I, and I keep, I keep picking them every week because I love you, and they, they stink. My God, with snow. come on, Steve. What happened? Where's Sean Payton? Where's Drew Brees? <laughs> we, we we love bringing them back tomorrow, but you know, if you wake up Sunday, I can pretty much assure you they're not going to be out on the field. Yeah. But uh, we uh, we'll do well in London. <laughs> Tigers are going to beat Auburn on Saturday, but uh, it's, it's it's you know, you never guaranteed anything. Oh, you know, it's funny you say that uh, London because we dropped off my daughter, Steve, my only daughter, my oldest child, Ava, in college last week, and she's going to school in Wales, which is two hours outside of London. And you're wow. right. Yeah. And so the first American football game this year in London is your Saints this Sunday. <laughs> well, she has a better chance of going to the game than me. So yeah. I'm pretty sure she makes <laughs> Well, I did think about you the last couple of days because as Florida and now South Carolina and Georgia get battered by Hurricane Ian. And Hurricane Ian was bad, very bad. Some are saying the worst in the history of Florida. And I was there for Andrew Wilmer, those, those hurricanes. Uh, I'm sorry. When I think of hurricanes, I think of Katrina right at the very top and what you guys went through in Louisiana. Again, I want to compare it. Death is death and uh, devastation is devastation. But my God, Steve, what you guys went through in New Orleans, I feel like you're still going through it. Yeah, you know, Katrina just was devastating on so many levels. You know, of course, you had human loss uh, and, and large numbers, but also so much devastation in communities. You know, but like the strong strong people and, and the resilient people that came back. And uh, it's a lot of the area that I wasn't in Congress at the time, but it's a lot of the area that's now in my congressional district where the eye of the storm went over. And, uh, and they're just a wonderful people, tough people. And they, they always come back. And these are, these are folks that, you know, they want to go to work. They want to just contribute to what's great about the country, but they, you know, they took it on the chin for Katrina, but they bounced back uh, stronger today than before. It's amazing, Steve. You know, when somebody gets killed, you know, in a uh, shooting, the liberals, the Democrats, it takes them, as you know, Steve, two seconds to bring up gun control. So now you got the state of Florida getting battered by this storm. Ron DeSantis did an amazing job preparing these people. He really did. And it took the, the girls on The View and people like Amy Klobuchar five seconds to bring up climate change and climate control. What, are these people crazy? Yeah, and this is this is just a disgusting part of the left's politics where they just always want to exploit somebody else's tragedy. They just look for a way. They see tragedy. Their first reaction is, how can they exploit it for their benefit? Who, who, who wakes up that way? Who thinks that way? But that's what they do. 
And so, you know, Ron has been doing a great job, uh, you know, and in the recovery, he's going to need everybody's help. And he's already getting help uh, from folks and, you know, faith-based groups, by the way, play a big part. Surely played a big part after Katrina. Faith-based groups are going to play a big part there. But this idea that somehow we never had hurricanes before we had uh, oil and gas <laughs> and combustion engines, you know, but, but the, and this is the, be- the biggest part that people need a question because look, we could talk about science all day long. America was reducing carbon emissions under Donald Trump because we do things better than anybody else in the world. And then Biden comes in, shuts down, shuts down pipelines, shuts down drilling, no more leases. All of this stuff makes us more reliant on foreign countries like Russia. And guess what's happened? Carbon emissions have gone up. You know, as they're all denied, we got to save the planet from carbon emissions. Their policies are increasing carbon emissions. But this is the real point. Does anybody in America really think there is some bill that Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi can pass that's going to change the temperature of the earth? No, stop. Who are these people? I mean, <laughs> do, do you not know Mother Nature? 10,000 years ago, go look at the carbon dating of the planet. You can actually look at uh, where, where Earth's temperatures were 10,000 years ago. There's a record of it. So, again, what didn't we have 10,000 years ago? We didn't have cars. We didn't have household electricity. All the things they decry for you. Now, now they do their own thing. They, they fly their own private jets around telling you to change your lifestyle. Right. We didn't have any of that stuff 10,000 years ago. The planet was warmer than it is today. And then guess what happened in the 1970s? Did they forget that it was those same nutty leftists saying, hey, we're going to have a new cooling period, a freezing period on the earth in the 1970s. We better change our lifestyles and raise taxes. And then sure enough, we didn't freeze. You know, the earth didn't. We checked. And then 80s, it was acid rain. Oh, my God, acid rain. You go walk outside, you know, starts raining. You're going to die if you don't have an umbrella. The (laughs) rain's just going to burn through it and kill you. Their answer is change your lifestyle and raise taxes. And guess what happened? That didn't happen. Then it's global warming. Uh, and then, you know, freezes when Al Gore's going up Capitol Hill to talk about global <laughs> warming. So they just changed it to climate change, you know, because it, it never rained. It never had hurricanes or tornadoes. So now anything that happens, they can just look and go, see, it's man. It's those evil oil and gas companies. But their answer's always been the same. Wreck your lifestyle and raise taxes. And that's what they always do. The Earth's temperature's going up. It's gone down. Uh, back and forth for millions of years. It's called Mother Nature. The idea, the loony idea that some bill is going to save us all from hurricanes and tornadoes. I wish that would happen, by the way. That bill would have been filed decades ago. It doesn't exist. And these people make everything worse. Again, we have higher carbon emissions under their Green New Deal lunacy. And go look at what's going on in Europe, because they wrecked Europe with the same philosophy and England just replaced Boris Johnson, uh, which new prime minister trust uh, saying we're, we're going to stop wrecking our economy. Then you look at Italy. I mean, Italy elected their first female prime minister. Maloney runs on a conservative platform of standing up to the Green New Deal, standing up to this loony stuff, also securing the borders of Italy because they've got wild immigration like we've got. And she just shocked the world and won in Italy. So Europe's figuring it out. They're standing up against all this woke, nutty leftist garbage. And I think America's going to do the same thing on November 8th because people are watching us. People know, you know, show me the bill that's going to change the temperature of the earth. Like there's some <laughs> magical thermostat on your, an app on your phone that you can go, oh, it's a little too hot today. Let's dial it down to about 72. Show me that bill. 
No, it is crazy. When they say direct your lifestyle and raise your taxes, that's really what they want. It's crazy. No, that was a, a great, I mean, a great little rant on uh, what these people think and, and how crazy they are. Steve Scalise, the man out of the great state of uh, Louisiana. And listen, while their policies are ridiculous, and some are worse than that, some are actually dangerous, we know that, we've got a guy in charge, God bless him, that I believe is more evil than other people do. That's fine. But I, I do agree with uh, a lot of folks who claim he's got dementia and all these other physical disabilities for him to be standing somewhere two days ago, Steve, and continue to point out a person or look for a person that has been dead, tragically killed, by the way, dead for months, you got to draw the line there. See, there's got to be a way to get this guy out of office. He's looking for a lady, Steve, that's dead. Yeah, it was, it was alarming to watch. And look, Jackie Walorski was a dear friend, a colleague of mine from Indiana who died real tragic car wreck a few months ago, and there was actually, the president was at an event where they were doing a tribute to Jackie. So he was there because they're paying tribute to the fact that she passed away uh, and her life and the things she dedicated her life to. And then it's some reason at the end of it, he starts asking for her. He's like looking around the crowd, asking for Jackie. I, you know, we've seen this over and over again. And and it's, it's, it's like, I've talked to doctors who give their own, impression of what they think is going on. They don't treat him, but every doctor says the same thing. You, you just pray for the country. you got to pray for him, pray for the country. This isn't good, and his staff knows better. They really should know better. They really should. Well, listen, you're uh, you're always a tremendous guest when you come on. I do wish the Saints a, a bunch of luck against the Vikings on Sunday <laughs> in London. And uh, well, We've achieved something here today. This has been stuff. <laughs> oh, wait, I can't let you go. Actually, one more note here. This is a, a, a colleague and a friend of both of ours, a guy that I really love, and I know you're going to tell me you feel the same way. He says, Steve Scalise was very helpful in getting the final round of 9-11 Funding for New York in 2019 when others lost interest. And this comes from the great Peter King. So speaking on behalf of all of New Yorkers who went through 9-11 here, thank you for that. Well, thank you for that. And, and look, we all stand with those, those families that uh, lost loved ones. The, the, you got firefighters today that are still struggling with injuries from their heroism, where they rushed in, as we all talk about, you know, they rushed into the buildings when people were rushing out. Many of them sustained different kinds of injuries that they're still dealing with today. And Peter King, great friend, great champion of of people of New York in so many ways, had a bill to make sure they continued to get properly cared for. And it was stuck for whatever reason. I was the majority whip at the time. And we just made sure to get it back on track. We had some meetings and Peter was always advocating fighting uh, but we were able to find a way to break through the law jam and, and get it done where the bill passed and continue to make sure those people are being taken care of. But uh, that was one of many, many uh, big, big efforts that Peter King championed. He fought for people. And we need more people who are in Washington fighting for people, not using government to fight against those very hardworking families. And we see it too often. Uh, I think that change is coming on November 8th. And, uh, I, I wish Peter was back again. We got some great ones. Uh, Andrew Garbarino's got uh, some of that area that Peter used to have. You know, you got Nicole over there. Y'all are going to get Lee Zeldin. You're going to take Lee Zeldin out of the house because he's going to be your governor, and people are going to take the state of New York back. Don't give up hope. 
Uh, help is on the way, but help only happens if you go out and support the people who are willing to fight for you against the folks that are using government against you. You, Steve Scalise, are a great American. They love you in Louisiana, but they love you here in New York, especially me. So thank you for hopping on today. Please keep coming back, and you keep talking. You're a huge, huge, important voice for our party and for the sanity of America. Thank you so much, Steve. Well, always great to be back with you. Y'all go take your state back. It's right in front of you. You can do it. I know the people in New York will. Thank you, Steve. We're going to do it. Lee Zeldin's going to win. Lee Zeldin is going to win. The polls are saying that. How great. Is Scalise, by the way. Like, how do you not love Steve Scalise? I don't, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he's just, he's what this country is all about, man. That guy took a bullet, literally took a bullet, and he's still out there making a difference in our great country. So once again, this is Dr. John at an all, and this, Steve Scalise, goes out to you. Ernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Kind of a funny response from um, Joan Olin about Todd Pettengill. See, when I got to ABC in 2016, Scott Shannon was already gone. And I guess he was at, um, he's playing like, uh, you know, take out the papers on the trash. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but um, he did show up once or twice for some event and he was he was nice to me. But I, I, never, I don't really like Scott Shannon. I know I'm one of the very few guys that's fine. He's kind of a, you know, dicky guy to me. He was strange. Yeah, he's, he thinks he's, uh, well, he's a big deal. He is a big deal, but, uh, but anyway. They would always use their announcer voices. Though, I know, I it's thought, like, stop. Yeah, dude, we're in the elevator going down. <laughs> you can stop, it's just me. <laughs> and, but the girls were nice. You had, um, uh, Annie was a cute kid. I know what happened to her, but I liked her. And uh, Jade, Jade, oh, what was her name, Jade? so awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah, Jade. She moved to Florida. I, th- I think she lives by Tampa, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. She, wow. I'm, she told me on the train once when we're going downtown. She goes, yeah, my last day is next week. I'm leaving. Yeah, that was it. It was she weird. Yeah, yeah, it was very strange. I remember when I, like my first day of the job, Chad had her in the office. He's like, and uh, Sid, I want you to meet Jade from WPLJ. I'm like, okay, this is good. She's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, she was and, cool. Um, Beautiful. It was before Nash, I think. It was Nash. It was before Nash, right? PLJ was before Nash. No, yeah. no, no. Was, was Nash already up and running when I got there in 2016 is what I'm asking. Um, Nash Country. I don't think it was. No, maybe yeah. not. I like the uh, who was the kind of heavy, kind of a fat kid, but he was great. Uh, everybody liked him. He, uh, 
He's on the afternoons, uh, maybe middays. Yeah. Um, uh, Great guy. Race Taylor? No, Race was on WPOJ. I mean, Nash. Oh, Nash country. Nash. Yeah, everybody liked him. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, um, big football, college football guy, Michigan. Uh, I forgot his a name. Blank. Who was the morning show host? The girl. I see her on the train. She used to um, go to Penn Station with me in the morning. Blonde girl. She was the host, Nash. Nash? Yeah, I don't remember either. I'm going to have to look up. I don't know. People. Who cares? I don't, don't know. They're on the other yeah. side. And yeah, I, just, I don't know. I was, we were busy getting yelled at. I don't know. <sighs> Always getting yelled at. Scolded. Where's Rob? Yeah. Oh, by Amos, you mean. I thought you meant by Mary Burner and Cumulus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we got plenty of that, too. Oh. Plenty of that. Emails uh, all the time. Anyway. Got sitting here with Robert. <laughs> yeah, good morning. Yeah, 8.09 on your Friday morning. It is 53 degrees. This is the Bernie and Sid Show, number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City. Self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in America. Our hearts and prayers still going out to the folks down in Florida where the search and rescue is still going on. I'm actually watching, out of the corner of my eye on Fox News, a lady named Casey DeSantis. Yes, it's Ron DeSantis' wife. I've never seen her before. Very attractive lady. And uh, she's talking about uh, they've raised $12 million so far, the Florida Disaster Fund, $12 million to help folks out. And uh, she's talking, they're showing pictures of Naples and Tampa. It's a big mess. And her husband, Ron, addressed everybody yesterday about just how serious this hurricane was. So let's go to uh, these cuts. Uh, let's start here with Ron DeSantis, cut number six. He had to ask the federal government for help. DeSantis, cut number six. We have been granted 100% federal assistance, category A and B, up front for 30 days to ensure we can quickly move forward into uh, this response and recovery uh, situation. Oh, well, Leslie Slender checks in. The morning show host, Katie Neal, kind of like Katie. Thank you, Leslie. And the fat guy I was talking about is Jesse Addy. I like Jesse. No, I, I didn't know their names. You didn't know their names. Okay. No. Yeah, I was friends with both no. of them. Very no. nice people. No. Thank you, Leslie, for that. Number seven, here uh, Ron DeSantis talks about uh, more of the, uh, the, ex- the counties, what they've gone through. This is Ron DeSantis, number seven. We have received a major d- disaster declaration for nine counties. But we do expect more. I just spoke with the president this morning. Uh, he offered support. I told him the thanks for this. But because the storm has moved uh, inland and caused uh, a lot of potential damage in the center part of our state, that we were going to be asking for those counties to be expanded and included there. But for now, we have approval for Charlotte, Collier, DeSoto, Hardy, Hillsborough, Lee, Manatee, Pinellas, and Sarasota. That will allow individual Floridians to seek individual assistance uh, from FEMA, and, and that will be something that, as you have people that have been displaced due to the catastrophic impacts of Hurricane Ian, you know, that's going to be something that's going to be necessary. How could he speak to the president? Like, you know Ron DeSantis hates Joe Biden, and you know that Joe Biden really hates Ron DeSantis. How could they ever have a, like a real conversation, get something done? Ron here, uh, Ron. Hey, how are, are you here? Ron. Oh, Ron's here. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ron's great. Ron is an American hero. And he did go on to talk about the, uh, the possible fatalities. And in terms of historical reference, where Hurricane Ian belongs. You know, I hate to break this to people like Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar, those two morons. But this is not the first hurricane to hit Florida. No, no. There's a Hurricane Andrew that was kind of serious, you know. People died. I was there for Hurricane Wilma. People died. This was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Didn't just start, of course. 
don't tell them anything. So Ron DeSantis goes on to talk about where this storm belongs in the long history of hurricanes and the potential for lots of deaths. We start with Ron DeSantis, number eight. Right now, if you look in central Florida, you're looking at potential major flooding in Orange and Seminole counties, St. John's River, all the way up potentially into, into northeast Florida and Jacksonville. The amount of water that's been rising and will likely continue to rise today, even as the storm is passing, uh, is basically a 500-year flood event. And I know Seminole County has, has, has done evacuations. I know they've issue, uh, opened shelters. Uh, but uh, we're going to see a lot of images about uh, the destruction that was done in southwest Florida. And obviously, we have massive assets there. Uh, but people should just understand this, this storm is having broad impacts across the state. And some of the flooding you're going to see in areas hundreds of miles from where this made landfall um, are going to set records, and that's going to obviously be be things that um, uh, th- that will need to be responded to. Oh, Kelly Ford was the morning lady. That's right. Katie Neal was in the afternoon. She was cute. Let's um let's go on to the uh, fatalities. Yesterday, somebody said there may be as many as hundreds dead in Florida. Now, the actual number I believe is ten, but that number will go up. Here is Ron DeSantis, the governor. Number nine. This is from Fox News. I think there's a potential for significant fatalities. I think that was based on an estimate of the people that were calling in from areas that were suffering severe flooding, and they looked at the number and thinking whether uh, those folks were ended up being able to survive that. We just don't know. Obviously, there's rescue attempts uh, that are being made. I mean, I can tell you, if you look at some of those communities in kind of the northern part of Lee County and part of Charlotte's that are in some of the rivers and inlets and harbors, you know, they had massive, massive flooding. I mean, it wasn't just a couple feet. I mean, they had five, six feet of flooding. So that is clearly a life-threatening situation. But I think it's too soon to put any type of numbers on that. And those numbers, you know, certainly have not been confirmed at this point. And it's my hope that some of those folks called in um, are going to be able to be rescued uh, today if they haven't already. So this is the part of the story that our proud owner, great radio host himself, 5 p.m. every weekday, catch at night, Sunday mornings at 8 Cats Roundtable. This is the part of the story that John will be great at later on today, and that is the possibility that gas and oil companies will raise prices due to the hurricane. I don't know if they're going to do that. Again, this is where John will come in very, very handy. But already the White House is trying to prevent that. For example, here is the Pentagon spokesman John Kirby on Fox News defending the president, Joe Biden, and telling these companies, do not raise prices. This is Kirby number 10. I think the president clearly just wanted to make sure, and you you saw Governor DeSantis do this a little bit uh, in his press conference, just make sure that that, that people know that uh, that we're being vigilant, and we don't want anybody uh, to take advantage of uh, the desperate straits that so many Florida citizens are in right now. We don't want them to fall prey uh, to any unscrupulous business practices. And the president, I think, was just laying down that marker. Again, he wants the focus to be uh, on helping the people of Florida get back up on their feet, uh, recover from this, and do so in a way uh, unimpeded uh, or, or damaged by anybody who might try to take advantage of that effort. And uh, John was talking about Joe Biden, what he said about these companies. So let's go to that. So now you, you actually have some context as to what John Kirby was talking about. This is Joe Biden, number five, telling gas and oil companies don't do it. I also want to say again to the oil and gas executives, do not 
do not, do not use this storm as an excuse to raise gasoline prices or gouge the American public. The price of oil has dropped in recent weeks. The price of gas should be going down as rapidly. It's not. My experts inform me the production of only about 160,000 barrels a day has been impacted by this storm. That's less than 2% of our country's daily production. Its small and temporary impact on oil production provides no excuse, no excuse for price increases at the pump, period. If a gas station company's try to use this storm to raise prices i'm going to ask i'm going to ask officials to look into whether or not price gouging is going on america is watching and the industry should Watch do me. the right thing i expect them to do the right thing he tries to get tough there and it's just pathetic <laughs> but i mean he's been talking in the right place so john Watch me. To watch me all right we uh, we got a lot more to do here phil collins and the band members of genesis just sold all their music to a company called the Concord Music Group. Want to take a guess for how much? Uh, let me see. Um, uh, $14 million. Okay. Try again. Uh, Phil Collins and Genesis just sold their music. $150 million. $300 million. Yeah. $300 million. Just control. <laughs> We got Lydia Serrani, Lydia reports on the great Andrew Giuliani coming up at the Lou Dobbs Business Report. And this, this is Iris. By the Google Doc. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. Wall Street sell-off continues. Meta announces cost-cutting. Toyota's EV troubles mount. Those stories next. Inflation's at its highest level in decades. Interest rates skyrocketing and a recession may be looming. And retirement accounts are especially vulnerable. As you consider steps to protect your future, call the precious metal dealers at American Hartford Gold. They're the highest-rated firm in the field with an A-plus rating. They can show you their suggestions for protecting your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call, and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. And if you call 866-611-1277 right now, tell them Lou sent you, and they'll give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call 866-611-1277. That's 866-611-1277. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. September trading wraps up today. All three major indexes are on pace to close out the worst month since June. The S&P coming off of another new low for the year. The Dow down more than 8% this month. Facebook's Meta freezing hiring. Meta announced the cost-cutting measures as ad revenue drops. CEO Mark Zuckerberg citing economic instability is the reason Meta stock down nearly 60% this year. Carnival Corporation reporting earnings today. Wall Street expecting another quarterly loss that would make 11 in a row. Carnival hasn't recovered from the early shutdowns as a result of the pandemic. Toyota's president says meeting California's new zero emission requirements will be difficult. The state wants to end the sale of new gas-only cars by 2035. Toyota is under fire for not moving fast enough on its EV initiatives. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report.
If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today. 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O law.com. Gabu Law, where winning is no accident. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Sid, you better be careful, and so should Lou, and so should Justin Ellick, and Frank Diaz, and all the men that work at WABC. Well, because... do, do not leave out Macedonia Phil. He's one of the greats. Oh, my God. Oh, Macedonia Phil, too. That's, That's right. right. Yes. Uh, because guess what? According to a doctor from Planned Parenthood, uh, Dr. Bavik Kumar, he says that men can get pregnant. Uh, during a House Oversight Committee hearing on abortion, <laughs> Representative <laughs> Andrew Clyde of Georgia questioned this doctor, Dr. Kumar, like this is an actual doctor, and asked him a simple question, which you would think is pretty illogical. Can men get pregnant? Take a listen to the exchange. Dr. Kumar, can biological men become pregnant and give birth? Um, so men can have pregnancies, especially trans men. Well, he's right about that. Trans men can if they end up getting their penis whacked off for a vagina. But uh, the question was, can biological men get pregnant? And, of course, the answer is, without any hesitation, no. He said, so men, can men get pregnant? And he said, yes, especially trans men. So it's not like he just said just trans right, men. Right. Well, no, but, you know, if you're a biological male. And then they go, they, I mean, this whole committee was such a joke. They asked this other woman, too, the same questions. She wouldn't answer. They asked, "Does is it the fetal heartbeat begin at six weeks? And they were like, well, that's a difficult question to answer. So once again, the Democrats are trying to redefine science. And wasn't it them that said, follow the science, follow yep. the science? And yep. yet now they're saying men can get pregnant. The heartbeat doesn't begin at six weeks. And hurricane that is hitting Florida, well, now it's on its way to South Carolina. It was all caused by carbon emissions, climate change. I mean, these people are just so whacked out of their minds. They're, and they're the reason why now our kids are so screwed up because they put us on lockdown for two years. I just hope that folks out there, and I know they are. You know, there's even some politicians. Uh, there's one here in uh, Queens, Bob Holden. I read about two more across the country that are completely giving up, completely giving up on the um, on the Democrat Party. Yeah, you know, I I, um, I was walking to a place yesterday for lunch with Danielle Callies, my buddy. He owns it, Terrence Mullen, Chris Mullen's brother. And I walked into Paul King, and he's running uh, for House locally in Queens, up against uh, Gregory Meeks. You know, and we had a a, a, a short conversation. Um, about Biden, after, of course, he called out a dead person, and what the left wants to do. And listen, you don't got to be Paul King to make a difference. You got to be an everyday person. You got to go out and vote in November because it's, it's just, to me, it's impossible if you have not come to the crashing realization at this point that these people are destroying everything we stand for, then you never will. And I think the more they talk, Lydia, maybe the better it is for us. Maybe it is. I mean, you got this, uh, you know, it's a simple question. What 
I just don't understand. Do they think Americans are this stupid? Do they think people are this ignorant that they don't realize like what is really going on here? They think by redefining common sense principles that then they can dictate the narrative, how, how they see fit. Like, okay, yeah, God, that's why abortion, you know, restricting it, this and that is such a big deal because it, it affects all people, not just it affects men too. And it's like, I'm sorry, men can't get pregnant. You guys can't handle the pain. You, you guys can't <laughs> handle funny. it. You that are funny. We, there is a reason why yeah, God yeah. has women that yeah, have babies yeah. because yeah. we can handle stuff like you guys can't. We have, <sighs> we're stronger, uh, we're yeah, smarter, yeah. Right, we're the right, we're the superior race. Right, listen, you guys I, just I, have more brute strength. I, I don't disagree with it. I don't disagree with any of that. <laughs> I don't. I swear to God, I really don't. Now you're crazy, and um, women for some reason, and not you or my wife, of course, but for some reason, every little thing. Turns into like a major disaster. Guys, we just, you know, it's whatever. You brush it off. You move on. With women, every little thing becomes a major disaster. So on one hand, while you do go through menstruation and pregnancy and all this pain, the daily pain of life, women are horrible at handling that compared to men. Horrible. The problem with many women, not a lot, not most women. I'm gonna, well, maybe even it is most even women, most yes, women. Most, yes. I'm going to say most women is that we allow our emotions to dictate our common sense to override our common sense. That's why Biden was That's elected what to the White do. House. That's what yes, Democrats do. Yes, I know, I know. And you just like even if you don't like Trump, you don't like his attitude, you think he's annoying or whatever. It's like hold your nose, do what's right for the country, do what's right for your family. Uh, we're running out of time, but I my my husband's cousin she said to me she's like i would rather pay hundred dollars a gallon of gas as long as like trump does not get into office and i said but my god our taxes are this or that she's like i don't care i hate him that much and i will do whatever i can and oh i mean all this and all these other women that i was with they were saying the same thing and i said my god don't you see you're allowing your emotions to override your common sense and that's the problem it's like our greatest uh, quality and our worst quality is just how much passion that we have in our hearts but cats at night five o'clock john cats matides you don't want to miss it where we stand for truth justice and the american way that was a great week i must tell you lydia great thank week you. thank you so thank much you. Uh, enjoy five o'clock and have a great weekend now you're a superstar now sid i mean i gotta get my picture with you you know i mean you got all these book signings you're in these all these movies and tv shows i just when you get that job when you get that acting job in law and order just i want to be an extra i want to be the reporter as they're coming down the steps you know they'll put you in the handcuffs because i see you as being the criminal no offense (laughs) i promise done deal you're in you got it and then i want to be the reporter in your face sid why'd you do it Okay, you got it. Done deal. There she is, folks. Lydia Serrano. Follow her on Twitter, at Lydia News. Instagram, at Lydia News 1. And check her out, 5 p.m. every weekday afternoon on that great show, Cats at Night. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Waiting for you to come through 
And this song goes out to my beautiful wife, Danielle, and to Andrew Giuliani's beautiful wife. See, he could do that himself, by the way. Andrew was uh, kind enough to show up the other night at my book signing at the beautiful America First Warehouse. This is an amazing place that Joe the Box and his lovely wife, Tony, have put together. All the way out in uh, Fafapada Vinkle there on Conquerment, a schlep and a half. But it is a gorgeous place. And if you're a Republican, conservative, decent American, you should go there. You really shouldn't. Andrew showed up because he's, he's great to me. And he spoke that night. We did a, an episode together. You'll watch tomorrow night on Newsmax, John Tobacco's Wise Guy Show. And he's become, in all seriousness, uh, my guy, uh, my best buddy. Here he is. The great Andrew Giuliani. Good morning, Andrew. Sid, good morning. I'm just glad you dedicated that song to Danielle and not to me, because we might have had some issues <laughs> we would have had to discuss if that was the case. And there are already people saying this little man crush going on. I had Steve Scalise on last hour. We've got a man crush, too, but you and I have taken it a step further. But I got to tell you, you know, your, your whole family is so cute. Your wife is adorable. Your little girl, Grace, is, oh, thank you. is beautiful. And, and you guys, you show up at events, and everybody loves you. And you were great on uh, Wednesday night, so thank you. Uh, of course. You know, look, John says this, and, and I, I've, I've heard this before, that the America First Warehouse is like Disney World for those of us who uh, believe in conservative ideas. But I, I think it's even better than Disney World, considering everything that's happened at Disney World over the that's last true. couple of years. You're right. It really is great. It really is a great gathering place. I've been out there now four or five times. Joe the Box does an amazing job. He always seems to be getting uh, really interesting people like yourself to come on out there. Uh, and, and to talk to, uh, to to like-minded Americans, they're interested in uh, in seeing New York State turn around. Yes, it's true. And uh, you're right. Whether it's you or me or Tina Forte, Danielle Jackson, Vafafa uh Tina Forte, or Scott Labato was there the night we were there, and uh, even Bannon, your friend. Uh, all these uh, folks show up, and it's a great place. And your folks should uh, check it out. Uh, one of the things you know we discussed, Andrew, with John, that'll be on television tomorrow night, at Tobacco on Newsmax, is the fentanyl coming across the border. Something I talk about a lot. Something John Katzmatidis talks about all the time. That's the real warfare here is that it looks like the Chinese basically, basically have, uh, this is war. They are, they are shipping tons of drugs across the border. Now they disguise it in like Skittles, uh, candy wrappers. Uh, do you believe, I know you're going to say this tomorrow night too, but do you believe this is actually war? I, I believe it is. You know, I spent a little time, Sid, when I was in the White House, on the White House Opioid Task Force, uh, and I have to tell you, I learned so much there, but to see exactly uh, what China is doing, how they're kind of looking at the strategy. And I know you've had Gordon Chang on uh, many times, and I know he's been able to really detail this in a way that probably beyond what I could even detail it. But what I could just say very top line uh, is that uh, China is relishing in the demise uh, of uh, U.S.'s, the, the United States' younger people. And, and there's no better way to do that uh, than to actually hurt people from within. And fentanyl has been this uh, has been this killer. And, and, and they said the other day, silent killer. But you were absolutely right to say it's not a silent killer because there are so many people that are affected by this. You know, I could tell you one of the things that I remember very, very clearly getting in the White House was for 30 years, opioid deaths had gone up. Actually, in 2019, for the first time in over 30 years because of pre- President Trump's policies, they actually decreased by 17%, which was it was looking at kind of turning around the Titanic at that moment. 
one of the really sad things about the pandemic. And now I think these open borders is the fact that we've hit record highs the last two years again mm. with fentanyl and opioid mm. overdose. And you're right. Thinking about Halloween coming up and them hiding this in Skittles and hiding this in, in, in another candies right there. It's really extremely scary. And, and kids now, you don't have to go to the street to go and get your opioids. There actually are apps on your phone where you can order this just like you would order, uh, you know, a chicken salad or something like that. You Jeez. can order, you can order this. And it's, it's just, it's terribly scary as, as, uh, as the, uh, as the, as the father of a, of a 10 month old daughter, obviously she's too young to use the phone at this point, but you think about what the future is like and it scares the, the Jesus. Out. No, it should. And then you've got the Democrats, Andrew, this is unbelievable. Kamala Harris on record. The border is secure. Uh, then you have Corinne Jean-Pierre on record uh, blaming the Trump administration for the crisis at the border. When we know there was no crisis because President Trump was building a wall, there were no folks gathering there like they are now in massive numbers. There was no influx of deadly drugs. And yet they stand there on television and flat out lie to the American yeah. public. And these morons will still vote for Democrats. It's complete gaslighting, right? I mean, they're saying exactly really what they're doing, right? They're blaming Trump and they're blaming conservatives for what they're doing. They did the same thing with inflation and they did the same thing with gas prices when people can just see the numbers. And that's why I always said as a candidate, and I'll continue to say, politicians have narratives, right? And you could have, you really need to look at the data and the numbers to determine whether or not those narratives are true or whether they're fictional. And people can just see what's happened from the southern border in that perspective to have 4 million people that have really just surged into the country. Now, look, I, I'm, I'm a Christian, and, and I believe in, in really uh, making sure Wait a we second. can help. Wait, we can help you're, not, you're, not, you're not Jewish? I know it seems like No, we can't that. be friends anymore. That's it. That's it. I know. Well, the Italians and the Jews, we're, you know, we're, we're kind of we're, we're like cousins, basically. You know, it's the same thing. We're food, family, and guilt. You know, we do them all the same. So that's not, that's not my original oh, joke. That's funny. the guy, Adam Ferraro, who told that joke, who was great on a show, Rescue Me, and, and it, was, it was great. But, but anyway, you think about this, and, and it really is, um, you know, it, it really is sad. You know, it's funny you mentioned that show, Rescue Me. We never missed that show, me and Danielle. What is the other comedian, the Irish guy? He was a star of that show? Uh, Leary. Dennis Leary. Yes, he was Dennis great. Leary. Dennis was, Leary. That's right. We used to love was, that show. The, the first few seasons of that show, and, may, and maybe that was, you know, being in New York, maybe that was kind of knowing, obviously, so many people uh, that were directly affected by September 11th. We were all directly affected, but so many people that were killed by September 11th. That show really was was a great a great New York show, and it really dealt with so many of the issues, I think, that so many families and so many people who uh, who lost loved ones uh, on September 11th ended up uh, ended up the owner. Yeah, you're right. But it was also, uh, they found a way to make some of that stuff funny. Not that specific stuff, 9-11, but it was gritty, it was funny. Just a very, very yeah. good show, Rescue Me. Andrew Giuliani, the best, joining me here right now. So we've got this horrible Hurricane Ian, which battered the west coast of Florida. Now the Carolinas, specifically South Carolina, they're going to be in big trouble later on today. And instead of all these politicians and TV folks coming together, worrying about Florida first and the folks, what do they do? Takes them five seconds. Like when somebody gets killed in a mass shooting, they talk about gun control, Democrats, in three seconds. Same thing here. What are they talking about right now? Climate change. I mean, you've got Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar, these two morons on The View, saying, doesn't Ron DeSantis get it now? Hurricanes? Hey, ladies, 
ladies, the nickname of the Miami football team, the Miami Hurricanes. <laughs> this is nothing new to South Florida. What are they talking about? And you know what? In some ways, it feels like they're rooting against Ron DeSantis, and they're rooting for this hurricane to be bigger. So then that way, they can point to DeSantis and say, "See, you're a you're a science denier, and you're and you're this, and you're that," and and, and they want to hurt his political ambitions. They don't mind if the death count goes up or increases, uh, as long as they politically can uh, can can get their gotcha moments, if you will. Uh, to, to me, I, I'm looking at the response that he's. It seems like he's doing a very good job. I know he ended up declaring a, uh, a state of emergency for the state of Florida uh, before last weekend. So while the storm was still forming uh, in the Atlantic and into the Gulf there. Um, and I think he's handling it well here. I think it's just one of these storms that, you know, here's one of the things, too, that I hear a lot did when they talk about climate change. They try to point to specifically the fact that there's more property damage now than there's ever been. Well, if people go back and look, we are building more homes on the water than ever before. That's right. Back 30, 40, 50 years, um, there was a little bit more scarce in terms of all the homes that were actually right on the water. So now, of course, if there is going to be a hurricane, let's say it's of the same power and does the same destruction, it's going to do that much more in terms of property damage from a dollar's perspective because it's going to take that much more to rebuild there. But that's something that never ends up getting discussed. But yeah, look, Hurricanes have been hitting Florida since before uh, it's been known as the state of Florida. This is something that's, uh, that I think is, uh, is one of these things where, again, Democrats are looking for uh, an overall narrative. They're trying to push this, this idea on us uh, instead of actually just saying, hey, what can we do to actually make sure we help uh, our brothers and sisters in Florida, in South Carolina? The king of all Democrats, Joe Biden, Andrew Giuliani, has had a lot of really embarrassing moments, uh, malaprops left and right. Uh, using the wrong did words at the wrong the line, time. By the way, I, I, did I hear Abe Lincoln on the line? <laughs> right. And physical stuff, too, falling up the stairs, falling down the stairs. But what he did a couple of days ago has to be the most embarrassing moment, not just for Joe Biden, but it is possible that it's the most embarrassing moment in the history of the presidency. So he's at a, at a, at a, a speed, making a speech there, you know, and... Um, this uh, lady, this politician, nice lady, Indiana politician, was killed tragically in a car crash only a month ago, not 10 years ago, not 20 years ago. And yet Joe Biden, Joe Biden, is looking for her in the crowd. If you missed it, it sounded like this. And I want to thank all of you here, for, including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? No, Where's Jackie. She's not there. I, I she's dead. She, she was going to be here. She was supposed to be there, yes, but she's dead. Uh, so uh, we're at the point now where if this guy is not pulled from that position, Andrew, when's it going to happen? You know, but this, the scary thing, Sid, is who's next? Who's in the bullpen to come out? It's Kamala Harris. So it's almost like yeah. you've got a guy who, you know, completely is, I don't know, seeing dead people or has completely forgot about it right there. And then if you listen to the White House pre- press secretary's response there, and actually this is one of the few times during the Biden administration where the liberal media actually was asking for real answers from Jean-Pierre or Saki back when she was press secretary. And she kept giving non-answers. She kept on saying that, you know, Biden was just acknowledging uh, her commitment to uh, to health. I think it was. I think it was a health uh, conference there. Well, it was obvious in listening to that that he wasn't that he was looking for her. Just admit the mistake and say, 
President Biden forgot that she had passed away. I mean, I, I guess that's going to, you know, uh, end up that's going <laughs> to end up having a whole other set of stories right there. But at least a little bit of truth in some of these moments would probably help the American people say, ah, eh, you know, the guy's 78 years old. Uh, maybe I don't want him running again, but I, I can at least uh, appreciate the fact that he's being honest with Americans. Well, he's not being honest. No. His administration's not being honest. And, and the sad thing is, when you look at what they're doing to conservatives, think about what they did with President Trump year after year. And remember, they ended up talking about the 25th Amendment, that he was not fit for office. At one point, they actually had him release one of these one of these tests to show that, that he was actually competent enough to be able to do the job. I don't think Joe Biden could actually pass that test no way. if he ended up doing it. You're 100 percent right. They yep. gave him early on. But, yep. I mean, he, he's totally not aware to be able to do this. And you think about – Biden sitting down right now with a Putin or with a Zelensky and, and trying to figure out what's going on in Ukraine, in Russia, and utilizing leverage, uh, I, I would trust probably a fifth grader better than, <laughs> yeah. than Biden actually right. do this. No, it's true. There's two things at play with Biden. Ping is even worse in China, but uh, or even yeah. uh, Kim Jong right. in North Korea, they're starting to get gutty again. Uh, I, yeah. Iran, too. Uh, not only is he, uh, like you're talking about, dementia and all these, all these physical issues, but he's compromised, too, because he's got a kid who's, and him and his brother yeah. making a ton of money from all these uh, countries. So uh, it's time to uh, evoke the 25th Amendment for him, uh, never the case with Donald Trump. So on the way out, the Giuliani's are the New York's uh, biggest Yankee fans. We know that. So Judge comes home. Oreos in the Bronx tonight. He's now tied with Roger Maris at 61 home runs. Does Andrew Giuliani watch every at-bat the next seven games in Judge's race to be number one? I will definitely be tuning in, and it would be awesome to see Judge hit this thing at Yankee Stadium. I think they have three more games, three or four more games. They have three more at Yankee Stadium, three against the Orioles at the stadium, the last four games in Texas against the Rangers. So, I mean, it would just be absolutely awesome to see Judge do this at Yankee Stadium. I mean, it would – I think about Maris doing this in game 163 at Yankee Stadium. It would be spectacular. And, And let's have one of those weekends like we had two weekends ago where you had the Yankees, the Mets, the Jets, and the Giants actually win on the same weekend. That would be great to be able to do that again. Yeah. I guess a judge home run at this point would probably be even better than a Yankee win, considering the Yankees have locked it up at this point. Uh, but, yes, it would be absolutely awesome. I mean, what, a, what an amazing story for this guy to turn down 200 and something million dollars, bet on himself, and, and now the guy's going to, who knows, make a half a billion dollars. Yep. Uh, over over the course of the off season, but uh, I mean, it seems like he's one of these guys who certainly focuses, spends his time on the community, uh, and you know, there's a there's a kind of a Jeter quality to him, Sid. You know, there's just this this kind of quiet aura of leadership that that seems to uh, that, that Judge seems to project. Uh, that's really impressive. That as a Yankee fan, as a New Yorker, um, you know, you gotta you gotta respect. I agree. Uh, by the way, that Sunday you're talking about, when the Mets, the Yankees, the Jets, and Giants all won the Sunday previous to the last, that was the first time in 13 years. Got to date all the way back to 2009 when all four teams won the same day in the fall here in New York. Andrew, as always, you're great. Not good, great. It was great seeing you Wednesday. I'll watch you with me on television tomorrow night on Newsmax. And thank you for stopping by this morning. Really terrific stuff. Well, Sid, thank you as always, and have an absolute great weekend. Let's get all those teams to win. And make sure, for those of you guys who haven't gone out there, make sure you go get Citizens United. It's a great book. I've read through it now. I'm working on it the second time. 
I love oh, reading man. it. Grace loves chewing on the book. It's top notch. <laughs> and you did a great job, uh, job introducing the book on TV, which folks will see coming up tomorrow <laughs> night. Thank you, Andrew. You're the absolute best. Thank you. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. There he is, Andrew Giuliani. What a great family, Rudy. Wife Z, daughter Grace. Love those folks. All right. That is three great hours. Frank Morano, Congressman Steve Scalise out of the great state of Louisiana, and Andrew Giuliani. We're not done. We're going to play Beat Sid and discuss more news of the day. The fourth and final hour of today's program and the final hour of the week. Nielsen Rated, number one news talk show in New York and the self-proclaimed best talk show in the country. We are Bernie and Sid. I'm Sid, and I'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Gabe Rosenberg, son of Sid Rosenberg. And whenever I'm on the broken down bus, I'm listening to Bernie and Sid in the morning on 77 WABC. Peace! Give me a hole if you... That's my son, Gabriel. The bus has not broken down yet this semester, so they fixed that. Thank God for that. Gabe is the man. I'm so proud of both of my kids. My daughter doing a great job at Wales. She's now been there two days by herself since her beautiful mom, Danielle, left. And my son, who's now in the eighth grade, can't believe he'll be a high schooler next year, but um, he will be. And he's in a new school. And he's really doing very, very well and loves his new school, which is good news because he hated his last school, although he didn't hate it as much as I did. <laughs> and, I, and I did love that school initially because I did a very good job with Gabe initially when he left Peck Slip, that disaster. But um, he's in the right place. So Ava's in the right place. Gabe is in the right place. And uh, me and Danielle are uh, well, doing great. So. And uh, you too, Lewis. I took the ferry home with your uh, girlfriend, what is she exactly? You've been together like 30 years. Is she a girlfriend, a fiancé, your wife? What, what do you call MJ? She's an indentured servant. Okay, I like what I'm hearing. Yeah. She says you cook once in a while. I do. Yeah, she says sure. you're very good uh, on the grill, specifically. Right. Well, I sit on one burner and cook on the other burner, so <laughs> it uh, works out well. I said he can't cook. Stop. She said, no, we have people over, and he cooks on the grill. And I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of cool. No? 
It is but what funny. else do you do besides cook a hot dog on a grill? Every guy could do that. Even I could do that. I'm a tard. I, I would like to see you try to do that, actually. I've made barbecues for 30 people, my Maybe friend. Maybe whenever you don't believe me, we'll just go to her and she can confirm Who, that. Danielle I am, or MJ? Uh, either one. Well, Doesn't MJ, matter. Because no, you don't believe anything and, I tell and, listen you. To me. Not uh, one thing. No, I believe a lot of things. No, you don't. You haven't believed one thing this week well, that I told well, you. Well, you said two or three things this week that are completely unbelievable. What, why? If I'm saying it, <laughs> why is it unbelievable? I don't know. Because just... you'd have no confidence. Some of the things I say are not true. Well, I think MJ exaggerates because she loves you so much that she would say to me, yeah, Lewis is basically like, uh, I don't know, like Wolfgang Puck. In the meantime, you can't make a grilled cheese sandwich. Correct, but she didn't say that. No, she, she didn't say that. She said I can no. make a few things. Right, she did say that. Basically, she cooks all, all, most. Well, what course. few things can you make? It's, it's like asking Kareem Jean-Pierre a question. Look, it's... He, 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 the woman could have been alive. It's not that. She could have been, and she grills. So he wasn't exactly wrong calling out. She, we, we don't know that she's really gone, too. It's just possible that she's around. I, I think in normal, in the matrix of life, sometimes things are, that's uh, what, what's the next question? That's pretty good. In fact, you may as well play the real response that Andrew Giuliani did reference at the very end of our conversation moments ago, when some reporter asks her, how could the president be looking for a dead person, God rest her soul, here was that genius's response. Question of the congresswoman, and I think we all totally get why she's top of mind. You've made that case pretty effectively. Um, well, but I you. think the confusing part is why, if she and the family is top of mind, does the president think that she's living and in the room? I don't find that confusing. I mean, I think many people can speak to sometimes when you have someone top of mind, they're a top of mind, exactly that. Uh, and it is Stop also, it. if you put it into the context, it's not like it happened without outside of context, right? It happened at an event uh, where we were um, uh, cha- we were calling out the champions, uh, congressional champions in particular of this uh, issue, this important issue oh, uh, when it comes to food insecurity, something sure. that this administration has led on, led uh, on uh, from the beginning of this administration, not just across the country, but, uh, but also globally. What, what, what context is she I, even I talking know. about? Not exactly Johnny Cochran what, in her defense. What, what context is it? I, I don't know. Is that I, an accurate question? I don't know. Where, where is that dead woman again? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just, where, where are Listen, oh. you know it's bad when Trevor Noah, who is a um, douchebag, he really is, I'm sorry, but he's the host at uh, Comedy Central, The Daily Show. He, um, he made jokes about Joe Biden pointing out a dead person. And by the way, and this is where I'm more adult than most of you, as much as I dislike Trevor Noah, in this particular moment, he was really funny. I think, Lou, you even agreed. Really, really funny in talking about Biden and the late Jackie Olorski. So this is courtesy of Comedy Central, Trevor Noah, cut number 21. No, Joe, what are you doing? <laughs> ah, that's so awkward. Oh, man. And his explanation didn't help. You know, he's like, of course I knew Jackie was dying. I was looking for Jackie Kennedy. Where's Jackie Kennedy? Where's, where are you, Jackie? Where's Jackie O? I, look, I mean, I guess on the upside, at least he noticed that she wasn't there. This is a good thing. Yeah, it could have been much worse if he was like, where's Jackie? Oh, there she is. There's Jackie. Everyone look at Jackie. He'd be like, there's no Jackie. She's there. Everybody sees Jackie. And look, I know a lot of people are saying that this is another example of Biden's brain being foggy. But I think, if anything... This makes Biden a better president. 
Yeah. Think of how hard he must be working right now to keep Americans safe, knowing that Osama bin Laden is still out there somewhere. <laughs> where is he? Where is he, Jack? Where is he? That's pretty good. I hate to say it. I see Osama. Where? Stand up, Osama. Stand up for me. <laughs> and when he started saying Jackie there, Trevor, he reminded me of a young Eddie Murphy in, like, Raw or Delirious. And then uh, he made an announcement, Trevor Noah, which I don't care about because I never watched this guy, but I guess somebody cared. And, um, well, it's all over, folks. I'm sorry to say it. This is Trevor Noah, number 22. And I realized that after the seven years, um, my time is up. I, uh... Yeah. But in, 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 the most, in the most beautiful way, honestly. I, I've loved hosting this show. It's been one of my greatest challenges. It's been one of my greatest joys. I, I, I've loved trying to figure out how to make people laugh, even when the stories are particularly <laughs> on the worst days. You know, we've, we've laughed together, we've cried together. What? Um, you did? But after seven years, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's time, you know? We did all that together. That's nice. I haven't done it once. Not I one waited until the show was over, and then yeah. I cried. So what's he going to do now? Be like Secretary of State or something? Because or... he hates us. He was funny there about uh, Biden, but he hates us, and he's just one of them, you know. One of these uh, terrible people like Joy Reid. Joy Reid is uh, out there making, making DeSantis jokes about the, uh, the hurricane, you know, because she, um, she was particularly upset that Ron DeSantis sent the migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Like he was sending them to, you know, I don't know, uh, what's like the worst city in America? New York. Baghdad. <laughs> New York. <laughs> then Baghdad. <laughs> right. So she's out there last night, this uh, racist on MSNBC. And she's saying, well, she talks about the irony of what Floridians may very well turn into. So if you missed this last night, and based on the ratings, you all did. This is Joy Reid, cut number 15. Two million Floridians are on the move. Now, we don't know if they're leaving the state or where they're going to move to. It's a bit ironic now that you might have Floridians having to actually pour over the borders um, and go north uh, and get out of the state of Florida in the exact same crisis that we've been talking about on a trolling level in that state for a long time. She goes on. This is one more Joy Reid, number 16, again, talking about the irony. Be careful about attacking people who have to move to save their own lives and safety because you never know when it's your people that have to move, when it's your people who have to migrate, when it's your people who have to get on that road. Um, So just just, just a thought. Just a thought. Be careful because it could be you. So on a more lighter note after all that, the baseball weekend is a huge one here in New York. Macedonia, Phil, you all pumped up? Woo! You don't really like baseball, though. You're a basketball guy. Well, I still watch baseball. Yeah. My son, you know, Gabriel. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I'll bring him up. You know, you, you, have, you have a son? You know, it's funny you say that. Years ago, when I was on WFAN, I used to savage, and Lou would remember this, maybe not. I used to savage on the Iman show, Kathy Lee Gifford. Because when she was doing that dopey show that, um, who's a little girl now married to a Latino guy? Uh, Kelly Ripper. Yeah. Uh, she was doing that show with Frank Gifford, and all she would talk about was her annoying little son, Cody. You know, whatever, today's show, whatever she was on, I don't know. <laughs> but every conversation was about Cody, and I, and I would go, nobody cares about your stupid kid. Nobody. And here I am, as luck would have it, years later, talking about Ava and Gabe every morning. And I remember... Regis Philbin? Regis Philbin. What did I say? No, she was with Frank Gifford before Regis Philbin, you moron. 
Thanks well, they were married. That's right. It was Regis Philbin. I'm sorry. I'm thanks, a moron. Thanks for coming in, Frank. Yeah, thank you, Frank. No, he's right, though, actually. <laughs> I, I, I stand corrected. I'm the moron. Frank is right. Thank you, Frank. So, um, Never know. Yeah. So, and she used to say, people would, uh, you know, to her face, I didn't do it to her face because I'm a coward, but people would yell her in her face and she'd be like, I don't care. My show, I'll do what I want. So I don't care. I do what I want. So um, Ava, why I brought Ava up, I have no idea. Uh, why did, I, oh, Gabriel came up in conversation. So we're talking about baseball and basketball. So Gabriel is, is not the, the biggest sports, not the biggest athlete. And uh, you guys know, I tell the story in the book. Gabe didn't walk for a long time. I mean, a long time. Longer than most babies. And we got very nervous, Danielle and I. And eventually, we had to go down to Miami Children's Hospital, which is a great hospital for kids in Miami. How about that? And we met with one of the best doctors in the world. And thank God for this doctor because he actually told us, don't worry. He's going to walk soon. He's crawling. He has something called dyspraxia. And we've got our foundation, the Spotlight Foundation, for dyspraxia and DCD. We have a lot of events coming up this upcoming year, 2023, and we hope you're all there. A lot of you folks showed up for us in Staten Island last week, Giuliani's and uh, John Anziata and uh, Momondo and Chris and Peter Gordio and others. There are more events coming up. But the doctor said to me when he told us he had dyspraxia, he goes, so the good news is we know what he's got. He'll walk, but he's never going to hit 300 and never hit a jump shot in the NBA finals. And I was like, you dick. I'm sorry I cursed there, Margot, uh, but I was, that's exactly what I said. And Danielle was like, Sydney. And to this day, she loves this doctor because he actually gave us the correct diagnosis. And to this day, I hate this doctor because he said that about my son. So, of course, because my son has huge spirit, I take him to the basketball courts. He hit shots all the time. The doctor said he couldn't do it. He does it. Eat me. And he plays every sport, just about. He's never going to be the best guy on the team. That's fine. But he, he participates in everything, and he's a pretty good ball player, which is exactly what the doctor said he would never be. And now he's a huge basketball fan. So he comes home yesterday, Phil, Macedonia, and he goes, me and my buddy, I think it was Led, I forget, we're starting a fantasy basketball league. I'm like, you're kidding me. He's like, no. And by the way, he sits with me. He, he's keeping track of Aaron Judge's home run record. He knows the Mets have a one-game lead over Atlanta. He, watched it, he saw a little bit of the Giants and Cowboys on Monday. So he's into it. But basketball, he loves basketball. And he can play it. And he's starting a fantasy basketball league. I was like, my God, Gabe. What, what happened to Roblox? What happened to Fortnite? No. Nope. We're getting into it. And then he knows every player. Like he knows, you know, the Knicks and Knicks especially. Jalen Brunson, Kevin Durant. And um, anyway, I think it would be a good idea, Macedonia, being you're this basketball guru and you spend most of your awake hours keeping atten- paying attention to the stupid NBA, maybe you could help Gabe out. Oh, I'll be his insider. I'll be the expert. I'll, I'll build up a, a winning team for him, for sure. Well, if he's got the first pick in the draft, who should he take? Luka. Luka Doncic. Really? Yeah. For fantasy, yeah. That's the guy who's stuffing the stat sheet every single night. That's the guy? Yeah. Luka Doncic from the Denver Nuggets? No, that's Nikola Jokic. Luka Doncic from the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Oh, oh, right. Right. See, I got confused. I was looking at a nice yeah, text from Joe Nunziata. Uh, <laughs> give me the top five picks, and then we'll move off this For stupid For fantasy? Yeah. All right, if I had to, off the top of my head, right. probably Luka, Giannis, Jokic. 
LeBron is probably still a good pick for fantasy because it's stat wise. Yeah. Um, James Harden is still always going to be there. James scoring. Harden. He, uh, he was get, terrible for the 76ers down the stretch. Yeah, but uh, for the regular season, I, I assume he's probably going to be scoring 25 points per game, averaging eight assists, uh, five rebounds. But so. Joel Embiid just became a citizen yesterday. He did. Yeah, yeah he's a U.S. citizen, which is yeah, big. Big story. So that's it? That was four. What are, you, are you eating something while you're talking? I'm eating grapes. Why do you eat when you're on the air? I don't understand it. Like, you're on the air for like two minutes a day. You yeah. would think you'd want to sound your well, very best. It was, just... it was unexpected. Right. I had a grape in my mouth. Well, that's fine. For me. Okay. Yeah. I had seven grapes in my mouth, actually. I'm trying to break a world record here. <laughs> and you kind of interrupted that and made me talk. But... All right. So, one more time. Don Chick, uh, Don Kitch, number one. Probably. And then, uh, and then probably Giannis. The Greek freak. Yeah. Then, then Jokic. All right. That's good enough. Thank you. I'll give you Gabe's number. Okay. Well, I shouldn't do that. I got to ask Danielle first. Maybe I'll have <laughs> okay. Gabe call you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll he, pop he, up as uh, you know, like uh, call, call me with the star sixty-seven. Him right, the, no caller ID. Yeah, yeah. So, so I can't call him back. Right. I, I, not as if I have any plans to, but right. Uh, you you could disclose that information. Okay. Thank you for your help as always. Wow, no that was really privileged information to get too. You oh know that God. Lydia mentioned the whole stamp <laughs> earlier, and she omitted your name, and I right away jumped in and oh. made her add. Do you know that? No, I didn't because I was yeah. in the bathroom. <laughs> Right. Clearly, I'm glad. Well, you're always busy. You're eating grapes. You're on the NBA.com site. You're in the bathroom. Well, today was a big day for the NBA because the preseason started today. You used to bang the interns over the summer. Oh, wait. That never happened. It did happen to two of them. No, it didn't. No. Anyway. One of them uh, is scarred for life. She's in Coral Gable. She's scarred for life. The NBA preseason started at 6 a.m. today. Isn't that crazy? Look how You can't change can, the subject. We can still check the cameras. Because they're, <laughs> they're in Japan. That's why I started so early. Yeah. Is it deflecting? Uh, okay. Is that working? To walk into the car and then uh, be like, uh, smash your head against you. I mean, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done with this It was segment. probably steps before that, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it got to that. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. What a great show today. Folks, you don't get this anywhere else. I promise, I promise you that. Andrew Giuliani was great. So was Steve Scalise. So was Frank Morano. Still to come. Beat Sid. More Sid opinions. This is Rush. Limelight. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Beautiful girls all over the world. I could be chasing, but my time would be wasted. They got nothing on you, baby. Yeah. Nothing on you, baby. Nothing on you, baby. Funny, the song is playing in Macedonia, Phil, and Justin are dancing. By the way, congratulations to John Katz and Matidis, who was just on Fox Business. So the song is playing and they're dancing, you know. And I'm just watching. 
You ever really watch people dance? It's a, it's a really weird thing. You I know? hate it so much. There's nothing I hate more in no, life but, than watching like, people dance. Like when I watch somebody who's really good, like I watch all, the, I watch Dancing with the Stars. I like it. I watch So You Think You Can Dance on Fox. I like it. And when somebody's good, I'm mesmerized by it. I think it, I think it looks amazing. But most people, like you know, you go to a wedding, you go to bar mitzvah, and people start to dance, and it just looks. It's weird. I don't know. I, I can't. It. I can't explain it. It's. It's. And they get into it. They got like the white guys have the overbite, and you know the. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. They put this face on. You know, like. I don't know. Like that. Like you just did, by the way, Justin. You yeah. I think that's more to have, like, more to do with you know cocaine than it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're yeah, 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 right. Grinding their bite, jaws, grinding their teeth, biting yeah. his lip, yeah, sweating but. profusely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but dancing is a weird thing, you know, and and. Um, because people can't do it, but everyone wants to do it. I know. It's one of those things. It's not like singing. People are embarrassed to sing. When you're drunk, people dance all the time. That's they why go you crazy. Writing. Oh, yeah. They go yeah. nuts. Like, I know I'm just okay. I'm not bad. And I, I move my hips. I can move both feet. And I'm a good-looking guy, so I look okay. I'm not I'm far from good. But uh, like Teresa, for example, Jewadice, uh, we, well, that's what her name is now. So she's a star, makes a million dollars a year, Will Houses of New Jersey. She goes on Dancing with the Stars. And she looked ridiculous. I mean, she was awful. And she got booted out like the second episode. And yet I still want to do it, too, knowing I'm not going to be good. But I still want to do it. But, you know, these people are dancing on live television. It's not like you, Justin, dancing at your you know, cousin's wedding. Or... Would how you do, you do that? Would how you do you know I haven't danced on live television? Nah, you haven't. Would you? Dance on live television? Yeah. I'm a very good dancer. I doubt that. Uh, I, I doubt it, too. I, I was the it. first one, Phil, in seventh he's grade. He's a made-up story that he's going to continue. To initiate, to initiate the coveted grind line <laughs> at the bar in Bat Mitzvah. I, I, I hope was, is on your resume. That's, I was that's really the first. That's I really actually good. remember I went into the bathroom. I stared myself in the mirror, and I gave myself a pep talk. I said, <laughs> you're going to I said you're gonna grab this seventh grader by the waist, and, you know. I could see you doing gonna that. You're going to get, like, weirdly, like, you went sexual to the boys on the dance floor. Oh, it's all it's all over though for Justin. He was a, a huge baseball prospect, playing college baseball. He was, according to him, the best dancer at his cousin's bar mitzvah. Yeah, he really you know? lives in his heyday. You're, uh, just give it up, Justin. You're washed up, and uh, yeah, you're washed you're up. You What's now. going on with you? Get off, get off your soapbox. Oh my God, that was serious. He got mad. I'm noticing. I said this before <laughs> the break, and and as uh, you know, Bernie's not here, so I'm the father of the show. I'm, even when he is here, I'm the father of the show. And especially with you guys, because I've been I've been uh, engaging with you guys and making you guys part of the show even since Bernie's been gone and when he was here. And I like to watch the dynamic. Again, I had guys like Eric Langell and Steve Zemack in Florida. Even before them, I had a kid named Victor Bermudez, who's now won three Emmy Awards, three. And he sends me thank yous every day. George Sedano was my intern. Now the guy's a big star at ESPN. So I love watching you guys mature into whatever you become. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm noticing a little bit, a little bit of a sibling rivalry between Alec and Macedonia, Phil. This is not a sibling rivalry. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a rivalry. I mean, I'm clearly better at everything. So. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh. That is not what I was expecting. I was expecting something more along the lines of, this is not a sibling rivalry because I have respect for Justin as my superior. Oh, I don't know why. I don't know where you'd ever get that impression. <laughs> respect. But what he's right about that, Justin is your boss. I mean, yeah, he is. On the hierarchy of, of uh, power on the show, yes. you're like whale scum, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You get my sandwich every morning, bro. Straight up. You yeah. just noticing it? Yeah. You just noticed it? Yes, the rivalry. I did. Oh, <laughs> what, you, do you know what goes on daily between no, the I go two home. of them? No, I go home. No, that's right. You, you're gone. So what do you see here, Lewis? It's there. <laughs> Justin comes in. 
He yells at Phil. Oh, come Phil on. ignores him. Oh, come on. Phil yeah, turns around. Right. He's making a little stupid memes on his computer. He's making <laughs> yeah. things. And then he come, turns around to Justin and says something completely uh, doesn't even co- correspond to what oh, Justin my God. asked him. So he's disrespectful. But why, why are you yelling? Do you know my to? knee hurts today, Justin? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot. Yeah. I walk in before. He goes, my, he goes, my tummy, why, my tummy hurts. I go, I don't care. I don't do, care. But why do you yell at him all the time? What's the... Well, I mean, a lot of it is um, me just trying to uh, really establish the dynamic. Right. You just want to be a boss of somebody. Right. So you just yell for no reason, which is not right. But... Well, I mean, he's, uh, you know, very average at his job at best. And, um... <laughs> no, he's not. He's great. <laughs> the problem with Phil is average? Phil really? is a, um, a social animal. Like, Phil is, he, he, he talks to everybody. So, for example, he comes in. He's always late every day. Every day, every day is late. Right? No reason. Honestly, every day. It's honestly getting a little bit ridiculous. Right. So he's supposed to. I never see him before. I mean, I'm here. What's going on? It's like he stands outside the building at four fifty-eight and like I'm not going in until it's five. Because he's standing talking outside to workers, probably. Right. Oh, you engage me? Yeah. Hi. So I get here before five o'clock, and I'm a host. I can show up whenever I want. Bernie, God bless him, showed up at five fifty-eight most mornings. So I get here like ten to five. Where's Phil? Every morning, where's Phil? So he comes walking at five away with his grapes and his, uh, you know, <laughs> and he sits down at his computer and I expect, okay, I'm eight minutes late, so for the next 52 minutes, I'm just going to drive and grind for you. And instead, here comes this guy, uh, Matt Blaze, whatever, whoever he is, and uh, Alex and all these uh, tards from the morning show. The oh morning my show God. And you talk by the Xerox machine for 30 minutes. I can't even get your attention. <laughs> and then and then you start to work hard for like 20 minutes, make me tea, and that's it. The day is that's over. Really but they, are, they are discussing very important like, yeah. What? topics. Yeah, really important things. <laughs> I really can't wait. I'm telling you, Donkic is better <laughs> yeah. than LeBron yeah. in the last two weeks of a season, bro. It's not even, it's not even basketball season. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody nothing, cares during nothing. basketball yeah. season. Nothing. Except for nothing. my son. My son loves it. So <laughs> I mean... Well, we've got an interesting crew, I'll tell you that. Yeah. What's going on? What happened? Why, you know, no, no, in all seriousness. You he's quiet. He hasn't said anything. In all seriousness, we, we got, uh, you know, he, he was a very um, fitting replacement for our previous associate producer. Luke Lograno. Yeah. Luke actually texted us yesterday about the Trump thing. And neither of us answered him. I, know, I didn't answer him. <laughs> <that. laughs> I love the, the relationship still very strong uh, after. <laughs> you know like, what's funny? Well, he's like texting us clips like, I hope you talked about this this week. And I'm like, no. Justin goes, who was this texting? Me. <laughs> when my guys leave me, I always stay in touch. You know that. Oh, like Eric and Steve yeah, yeah. and Victor. For some reason with Luke, I um, I don't want really to keep in touch. And I should do a better job because I'm proud of the kid. He's, he's gone to ESPN, all that good stuff. So he texted us. And you're right. I didn't answer him. I should do that. Um, I'll do that today at some point. Yeah, yeah I'm sure, sure you will. Well, let's take bets. Yeah, maybe not. But this is a very good crew. I must tell you, this, this crew right now, the way it is right now, with Justin, Phil, and, uh, you know, you got Frankie, he jumps in every once in a while. I mean, Lou is obviously the, uh, one of the all-time greats. He's um, and also he's an all-time great. Did you hear that, Lou? This is a very good crew. I missed that. What was the part that he said? Oh, uh, he not say And yeah. let me just say this. I don't care if you're Don Imus, Howard Stern. None of those guys did it alone. I mean, for all the credit Imus gets, most days he was just okay. But he had Charles McCord. And Bernie McGurk, and Lou Rafino, and Mike Breen, and Larry Kenny, and Rob Bartlett, and Sid Rosenberg, and John. He surrounded himself with 90 people. Howard Stern. He's got Robin. He's got the whole whack pack. He's got Fred Norris. He's got Jackie Martling. He's got, you know, uh, Lang, Audie Lang. All these people are great. So even the great ones have to be surrounded by talent. And uh, not that I'm a great one, but in my case, I am surrounded by great talent. Oh, my God. Thank you. Wait a minute. Uh, Phil? 
Mark that time. We're yep. going to have to pull that. Oh, I'm busy. Get out now. He said, some, he said something very nice. Get These out. guys are going to text that all after. It actually Shut sounded up. like a little Fine. bit genuine, which was so weird. Oh, my God. I must be dying. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Good luck is right. It's Matt Meany here today hosting the game Beat Bernie. Brought to you by Peerless Boilers, Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com or PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers. Get them now before it gets cold, people. Uh, it's an abbreviated game today. We got uh, Beat Sid and uh, Mark from Bayonne, New Jersey, I take it. Uh, a retired public employee is our contestant today. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. How are you? Good, good, Mark. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. What uh, do you mind sharing? What kind of public employee you, you were? I was a heavy equipment operator for the city of Bayonne in the, in the Department of Public Works. Very good. Well, thank you for that. Uh, and um, you know how to play the game, so we're going to get right to it. Uh, we'll give you five. Ask Sid the same five, and uh, see how we do. All right. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Number one, what PGA golfer once told a men's magazine he doesn't go to the gym because, quote, they don't let me smoke in there? Uh, Jack Nicholas. Wrong. You two-legged like back of anthrax. should be Jesus. Oh, we were looking for the, the very colorful uh, John Daly. Uh, so that's, that's uh, we're all for one. Well, let's get on the board here. Number two, Kensington, Garden, Kensington Gardens and the Old Vic Theater can be found in what European capital city? Um, London. On the board, Mark from Bayonne. Uh, number three, what is the synonym for the word conceited that was used in the title of a 1973 Carly Simon hit? Synonym for the word conceited. You're so vain. Damn right, you're so vain. Two for three, Mark. Here we go. Number four. A string of sterling of... Uh, I'm just going to use... Okay, I wrote this question. Oh, God. A string of stellar postseason performances earned what Major League Baseball player the nickname Mr. October? Reggie Jackson. So, just reeling them off here. Couldn't get John Daly, but it been hot here. Let's see. Four for five. You get this. You're going to put the pressure on Sid. Longtime fans still haven't forgotten what rock star for his 1979 discified smash, discofied smash, excuse me, Do You Think I'm Sexy? Who sang that? Rod Stewart. Mark, pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Four for five. We'll uh, three on hold real quick. Uh, see how Sydney fares here on this Friday, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll get back to you, all right? Thank you. All right, Sid, uh, Mark. A uh, heavy equipment operator, retired heavy equipment operator from Bayonne, New Jersey. No, your, your dad's thing was in Jersey City, right? Very good. There, okay, no, I'm out say, next yeah. Wednesday, by the way. So that's come right, in and yes, tell you. Got, no, you did. You told me earlier this week. But so. John Katzmatidis, what he said, he's filling in. Great. So yeah, there you go. Is, the work is halfway done. There it is. Boom. Yeah. There we go. All right, let's get to the game. Number, How many do you get right? You got, to win. You got uh, four to tie, five to win today. Wow. So I think it's a pretty good game. I've been writing them. So, but uh, number one, here we go. What PGA golfer once told a men's magazine he doesn't go to the gym because, quote, they won't let me smoke in there? Is this true? Yeah. Think about it. PGA golfer, they won't let me smoke in there. Phil Mickelson? Oh! Wrong, you're too Come on. Well, Tiger doesn't smoke. Mark doesn't. 
Sid, who's one of the most colorful golfers you, you know? John Daly? There you go. Oh, I should have known that. Come on. He did everything. Meth, coke. He's out there still driving. I, I know. He drinks Diet Cokes and, and cigarettes uh, and smokes cigarettes. I should have gotten that. All right. right. Number two. Damn. Kensington Gardens and the Old Vic Theater can be found in what European capital city? London. I used to take the train to Kensington to work out at uh, Equinox. (laughs) I swear to God. You remember that? I live right by Kensington, yes. All right, uh, one for two. Number three, what is the synonym for the word conceited that was used in the title of a 1973 Carly Simon hit? Synonym for the word conceited. Wow, synonym for the word conceited lately, if I read Facebook, is Sydney Rosenberg. <laughs> I mean, these people don't leave me alone. The yeah, narcissist. That's, that's there. Yeah, of course, I'm a narcissist, you morons. Uh, the answer would be you're so vain. Damn so right. Vain is right. Two for three. Here we go. Number four. A string of stellar postseason performances earned what Major League Baseball player the nickname Mr. October? Reggie Jackson. Dang it. And a tie mark on this Friday. Longtime fans still haven't forgotten what rock star for his 1979 disco fied smash hit, Do You Think I'm Sexy? Oh, Rod Stewart. Thanks. Love that song. That's a good game, man. Put it in the box. Nice job. Put nice nice job. Ty, Mark, nice job. That's good. I should have gotten all five by John Daly. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, Sid. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for your service, uh, first of all. With Thank Ty. you. What are, what are you doing these days in Bayonne? They got great Italian delis in Bayonne. They used to, at least. Do they still have them? Yes, they do. All right. You like living there? And I love it. I've been there my whole life. Yeah, it's a, it's a very tight-knit community still, right? It hasn't really been affected by these uh, crazy liberals. No, not yet. <laughs> I know. Well, God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Bernie and Sid Show. Thank you for playing today's game. And be well, Mark. And uh, we'll talk again, buddy. Thank you. You too, Sid. And thank you for sharing that about your daughter and, and, and your mother. And, and you. Bernie's in my prayers. Oh, all you of, got it. All of you that are in my prayers. Thank you, Mark. You're a good man. What a very nice guy. Same to you, buddy. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. When I come back, it's the last segment of the week, folks. That's it. Bernie and Sid right after this. Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. On 77 WABC. We're doing it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, Bill Collins and Genesis sold their rights to Concord Music Group yesterday for $300 million. Congratulations to Phil Collins. About 2 million Floridians now still without power after Ian. And the number has gone up from 10 to 21 confirmed fatalities. Although they do figure that number will go much higher than that. We heard hundreds yesterday. So we've gone from 10 to 21 today. And now this storm is making its way to South Carolina. And this is an angry storm, man. This, uh, Ian, is an angry storm. And it has not relented. So I would uh, pray for the people in uh, the Carolinas. Coming up this afternoon, we're going to have some rain here this weekend, but nothing uh, deadly, of course, nothing too serious. Hopefully the Yankees get their games in. The weather in Atlanta is perfect and fine. The storm is north of Georgia. So the Mets and Braves 
are ready for a big series coming up starting tonight. The Mets one game up, six to go, three in Atlanta, then home for three against the lowly Washington Nationals. And uh, the Braves will take on the Mets and the Marlins. The Yankees, by the way, home for three with the Orioles starting tonight as Judge looks to hit number 62, become the all-time home run king. And when the Yanks are done with Baltimore and the Bronx on Sunday, they close out their season with a four-game stay in Texas against the Rangers. You know that the fall is here. We're now a quarter of the way through the football season with the Dolphins and Bengals playing last night. And we're down to the last couple of games of regular season baseball. Plus hockey, they're playing exhibition games almost every night. And don't look now, but here comes the NBA. Phil, when is the Knicks' first exhibition game? I know the season starts on October 18th, and I'm assuming it's no, the, probably... Right, the Knicks play the 19th against Memphis. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the, the 18th, you've got Sixers, Celtics, and Lakers Warriors, I believe. Those two games. Yeah, yeah, they're doing a finals rematch. Right. And by the way, prayers go out to Mike Breen talking about the NBA. He uh, he lost his house, I guess. It was a fire. But I spoke to Mike yesterday and his family. Everybody is healthy and okay. That's all that matters. So we're sorry to hear that. Uh, Mike Breen, who's one of the nicest people and a tr- just a tremendous, tremendous um, play-by-play guy. The, NBA. Yes. the best ever, him and Marv. God bless you, Mike. Yeah, Mike's yep. a great guy. We are done for the week. It was another banner week. The show is really kicking ass. Great guest today, Frank Morano, Steve Scalise, and Andrew Giuliani. Great job by my guys, Lou Rafino, nobody better. Macedonia Phil, Justin Ellick, Frankie Diaz, Deb Valentine when she's here, Jacqueline Carl. We've got a great crew. We'll all be back Monday morning at 6. Enjoy your weekend. Prayers for Bernard. Let's go Mets. Talk to you at 6 on Monday, everybody. Until then, from all of us to all of you. 